let's uh, let's play the clap. Nope. Nope. Not my tempo. I got it on the. <laughs> not, not my input. It's not my input. <laughs> not quite my input. Not quite my input. Uh, ready? Okay. Five, six, and. Dragging just a hair. Wait for my cue. Five, six, seven. Rushing. Five, six, and. Dragging. Why do you suppose I just hurled a chair at your head, Neiman? Boop. All right, here we are. We're back. We're back. Movies it's and like, shit is back. It happens so fast, it's like whiplash. <laughs> we have, uh, we're back for the Decade in Review. Um, the Decade in Review special. Episode 18. The 2010s. I, I, for one, am excited that we can now start calling it the, the 2020s. I mean, you know, it brings up all kinds of cool imagery. Yeah. Of uh, not being able to drink alcohol legally <laughs> and uh, things like that. I feel like uh, the year 2000 still sounds like the future to me in 2020. <laughs> so I don't right. know. Yeah. Maybe the world really did end and we're all just floating along in purgatory. I mean, I hope so. And it all ended in 2000 the way those people predicted. The way the Best Buy predicted. They, they were right. <laughs> they were right all along. <laughs> Well, that was Whiplash, and um, one of the best of the decade. One of the flicks we're going to talk we're about. Gonna, we're going to talk about the best of the decade a little bit, but hope you guys are ready for a four-hour podcast. Yeah, we're here with no intermissions. It's been a while. Grab your pop cart. It's pop cart. It's been a while. Popcorn? One of the best songs of the... No, that's got to be... Nah. From like 25 years ago. I would say. That, even if it... Stained yeah. or something? I don't think so, yeah. that? Even if it was in the last decade, I don't think it's one of the best of the decade. Okay, got it. Got it. Uh, Kelly, would uh, episode nine have been better if C-3PO had been named Data? <laughs> oh, we got a nice uh, a leaf blower outside. Might be we're going to have yeah, a noisy a episode today. Yeah, we um, got the windows open, baby. Would it have been better? Um, n- no. Now you're just mixing sci-fi, and I <laughs> resent it. Honestly, I hate it. Well... You're doing it for comedy, but it's not funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing it because our <laughs> listeners love it, and I and I uh, we don't. And I, I, can, I at this I point, tell. I guarantee we don't have listeners. <laughs> hey, I know two listeners we got, and we saw them this morning when we went to see uh, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. Your mom and my mom on the big screen. <laughs> my mom doesn't listen. She okay. won't listen to anything with the word shit in the title. So we're down to one. I know. Um, no, uh, our, our good friends. Uh, Rachel and Cam. Hey guys, who have uh, plowed through all of our episodes, and we appreciate it. We appreciate uh, our oh, listeners. It's, it's 420. Oh, oh. I'm gonna should we stop? <laughs> should, should we take a break? <laughs> um, as you're I doing didn't plan that, that but... I'm preparing uh, a late birthday gift for you. It's here and ready for you to, uh, to unwrap whenever you're ready. We're going to try to have a gift for Kelly every episode from here on out, but I don't know how long our bank accounts are going okay. to hold out. So <laughs> I'm good. I'm passing on your bag. Go ahead and exhale. Is this, uh, it, the, are you sure it's a birthday gift? It says Merry Christmas on it. Yeah, well, just just stuffed it in a bag, just for the presentation's Ooh. sake. 
It's a I'll white pop that shirt. Baby up and yeah, check it out. I'm already wearing it a white shirt. Uh, this one's a little little more special than the white one you had on. Oh, this one is uh, you know, this is an amazing gift. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Especially made what? only one of its kind, one of one. Right Damn, there. dude, this is great. I'm thank you. so excited. Thank you. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so listeners. Uh, one of my, I would say, uh, definitely my two or three favorite m- movie of all time. All time. Is The Game. We've talked about it. We saw it recently. We did. And, uh, you know, it, this shirt is a spoiler for people who have never seen the movie. That's true. And uh, that's, true. that's not to say that I shouldn't explain what it is. But there's a sh- <laughs> uh, all I'm going to say is, if you haven't seen The Game, watch The Game. And at the end of the yeah, movie, Sean Penn gives Michael Douglas a shirt and this is an exact replica of that shirt, which clearly they never Pretty made. Spot on. Yeah. They, nah. they never produced that shirt. They made one for the um, movie. <laughs> exactly. There's that one uh, that he gives him. Yep. So yep. this is so cool. Thanks, buddy. One of one. You're welcome. Happy <sighs> birthday, buddy. You're a year older than last time we Fuck talked. Yeah. On That's the podcast, great. that is. I'm, 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 I'm glad you I'm like done. It. I think we can end the podcast. I'm glad right you there. like it. Yeah. <laughs> I won't ever talk this I gift, got my so money's worth. I'm not going to give you any more. <clears throat> yep. Yep. All right. Should we, uh, thanks buddy. Before, yeah. Great. You're welcome, pal. Anytime. Uh, well, this one time actually. Yeah. Until uh, next year. Should we, we dive into a, a quick, um, uh, should we give our thought? We've given a lot of thoughts on rise of Skywalker. Should we quickly roll over that since now we've seen it? I we did a podcast like before we saw it. It's the most present movie thing in our lives, even though we've been seeing all these other movies yeah. and there's uh, the Oscars coming up and all kinds of other cool movie shit going on. Well, let's, let's jump right into what we've a, seen and let's start with okay. Skywalker then. So I think that's, that's great. That's a big one. That's perfect. So, so okay. what did you think? <laughs> I uh, Okay, so we saw it together at the Chinese Theater. We did. Um, with our group was 17 people and then our buddy's group uh, was uh, four, another 14 people. So there's a lot of people. Wow. Madison's my really wet. here, yeah. And she is wet. Hey, yeah, Jess. She's been getting she's a bath. She's wet. <laughs> she's getting a bath. Now she smells good. I'm sorry. We're very professional. No, no, it's here. okay. I'm sure she's... She smells great. Um, so, uh, yeah, we saw it with a huge, huge group of people at uh, you at know, the Chinese uh, theater where it originally premiered. The original Star Wars a, premiered. A beautiful showing. Um, Every the stage was set for the most perfect night <laughs> it didn't of our movie bode going well, on. Though, because when we were parking, there had Whoa. been a a chase into the complex of Hollywood Correct. and Highland. Yeah, all the uh, roads were blocked. There were some machete attacks. Yep. Helicopters, the block. Cop car. and this was the second of the day <laughs> shutdown of Hollywood Boulevard due to an attack, machete attacks. Yeah, and they, That's why my mom they didn't had, want me to live here. They had chased the the attacker into Victoria's Secret, right? And so Correct. I think at the point that we were, <laughs> That's where I want to go out. I want to make my last stand. Thirty one of us were gathering on Hollywood Boulevard uh, in an eerie situation because there were no cars yes but they were allowing pedestrians to be in the street so we were just in the middle of hollywood boulevard and uh presumably while this guy was in victoria's secret and we're like hey let's (laughs) go see star wars (laughs) well here's the weirdest part about it weirder than anything you've just said right i found an open unpaid parking spot on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> like in first front try. of the theater. <laughs> yeah, we rolled in and a block away, Kevin was like, I think you can pull in there. And I knew I wouldn't be able to, sure. but yeah, I yeah. immediately pulled into the spot because we had been trying to just get to the end of where you could go on Hollywood Boulevard right, to try right. to park in a in neighborhood, a neighboring oh, sure. neighborhood or oh, something okay, as close yeah. as we could. Yeah. And we've been trying to do that for a good 30 minutes. Oh I mean, we were there two hours early. I didn't realize that. And yeah. Kevin was like, pull right here. And we pulled in and then we just, re- you know, we did that thing you do where we read 15 signs mm-hmm. on top of each other a mm-hmm. hundred times in a row. And the three of us all decided we're okay. 
So yep. we got out of the car, let's left all, it. Let's all study. We came back. And then we'll have yeah. a uh, we'll have a get together. Dude, it was and, unbelievable. And talk about what we learned. Half expected Jawas to have taken my <laughs> hubcaps off <laughs> by the time I got back. Um, I uh, paid twenty five dollars to park at wow. the structure. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. That's what you do. That's how it works. That is what you do. Um, so that's great. Well, okay. So to the movie, the movie let's, let's also just say that because we saw it in true IMAX, we also have the six minute, um, clip from tenant. Yeah. The new Chris Nolan movie. Yeah. That was extremely satisfying. Um, that's definitely, what would you say? I, I know we're looking back now, but looking ahead this coming year, yeah. most anticipated movies, obviously we're very excited for bond. The last Daniel Craig Bond movie. James Bond, Top Gun, and Tenet, I yep. think, are the three. I would agree with you 100%. Okay, all right. I would agree. And, well, and I'm just glad that there's one that's original, because I bitch so much about <laughs> endless of the same things. And then I'm like, yeah, the things yeah. I'm most excited for, yeah. I can't help it, man. The Top Gun preview gives me chills. and uh, Every time. Every time. Uh, and Plus then Jennifer Bond. Connelly. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, sir. <laughs> From Labyrinth. Jesus. She's back. <laughs> She's back, baby. Um, okay. So Star Wars. So <laughs> Why do these things last so long? What are their trailers? Why why do these take so long (laughs) for us to record? Well, uh, Rise of Skywalker was... uh, I'll just start with a little bit because you're always going to be the more articulate, analytical person. And I'm going to be the guy who doesn't doesn't have that much to say. Um, But going into Rise of Skywalker, we... uh, I think no matter where you were on the last two movies, right? I think everybody is in agreement that the task they had was impossible. Yes. Yes. It all hinged on this one because I mean, I remember say, saying something in the last one, like how can you not write the ship when you have unlimited money? Right. But that being said, they didn't have unlimited time though, but yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. But but it it just there's too many variables and there's too much uh kind of uh, weird fandom uh weird meaning like uh toxic fandom uh surrounding it that it yeah, it uh, it was impossible and so uh, from that point of view after i saw it i thought you know what story wise maybe yeah. not pacing maybe not editing maybe not acting maybe not uh, you know, bits of dialogue, maybe not characters, new characters, maybe not a lot Name of things. A lot. <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. But overall, story-wise, uh, 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 the ability to put a lid on it and right. say, okay, this is it, I thought they did a pretty good job. That's my... Mm, disagree. Okay. Disagree. So they they did end it. You are correct that they had an end. <laughs> There was an ending. They put a lid on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that it was very clear to me, and I, and I was living in denial. Like, you know, there's always that outside hope, and you're thinking, maybe JJ has this figured maybe out. Maybe they'll pull it off yeah. in a way that I can't protect. I was just choosing to be cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. from this, if you remember, from we, we've seen all the movies together. We've talked about them. From episode seven on, I remember saying, I can't judge this movie yet, even though it is just a soft reboot of the original Star Wars. I don't, I don't mind any of that. But I can't judge it yet because there are a bunch of questions that were posed, which whether this trilogy works or not will hinge on the answers to those questions. Yeah. You know, and one of them being obviously that was never answered, just like J.J. Abrams and Lost. One of them being where did how did they find Luke Skywalker's lightsaber and where did that come from? You know, all these things that we were like, oh, we were sort of told or it was insinuated that 
Well, we'll be coming back to it's that. It's a story for yeah. another time. What, what are, yes, exactly. Like the next That was movie. my Maz Kanata what, impression. Fantastic. What are, if you I close your eyes, rewind that and close your eyes, guys. Close you'll hear the your exact eyes. same ones. So what, what was the point of that, I guess? What, what you know, what were the answers there? And then, of course, you're, you're trading the movies off with, um, you know, different directors and yeah. they've got different ideas. So then Ryan J- Johnson sort of subverts everything you expect. And that really kind of just stops the momentum. I'm not saying his choices were yes. right or wrong. If yeah, they don't yeah, yeah. give him answers to follow, yeah. fuck it. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't blame him at all for doing, even though I didn't love all of his choices. People were so mad at him. I'm like, what did you expect him to do? There were a bunch of questions left. It's like writing half a mystery and saying, hey, buddy, finish this that I started without giving them any notes. Right. And that's kind of how I felt about this one. And then I thought with him killing Snope, clearly that wasn't the idea originally for, for this series. And then them sort of wedging the emperor in and it clearly last minute, you know, sort of retroactively. Yeah. Oh, he was behind it the whole time. Snope, no biggie. You know, Ryan Johnson decided to get rid of him. That was a great shock in, in the second one. But, um, yeah. you know, now here we are and there's no time left and they're trying to wedge everything in. And I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said a thousand times, but right. There was just no direction in this trilogy from the beginning. They didn't know where they were going. I can't imagine, you know, rolling the dice on something like this. I've written all this stuff. Anybody that actually is friends with me and is willing to read some of the stuff. Yeah, I thoughts, wasn't, by the way. Yeah. I was like, I'm not reading that I get shit. It. It's a long, um, it's a long review. No, and I, 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 uh, I of course agree with you. I don't think there's anything we're not gonna agree on overall, but. All of that that you just said about it not really having any direction and that just being so blatantly obvious and that being pretty annoying with what we're dealing with. Very annoying. Did that really take away from you being able to have a lot of fun watching the movie? Yes. It did. So here's the thing. For me, it didn't. Well, here's the thing. I will say this one actually felt like an old swashbuckling original Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. As much as I think all these things were dumb, you know, the flying through the desert and, you know, after the – fucking uh seemed like a festival out music festival out in the desert uh all of those things the like a burning, burning man, man with aliens yeah yep. but um all those things as they're on the speeders and stuff felt like star wars but and speaking of that sequence you know there's a well, moment that's clearly though the weakest part of that but and yeah well, wait a minute wow, there's, yeah. there's a moment though in that sequence that i think encapsulates this whole thing there's a moment where you know now the stormtrooper can fly and that's cool. I'm all for it. He's got a jetpack on, so he's flying after them. But I think their their whole approach centers on this line. Um, Finn turns to Poe and says, they can fly now? Joke's coming with three. a question. So we have to say this and, line three times. Right. And it just goes down the line. It funny, and it's less funny each time and they then, say it. Oh, they can fly now. They, they can fly, fly now. now. They fly now. But, but think about that. That's what they did with all of the rules of the force in this series. That's what they did with everything. They, they just, it was almost like they expected the audience to be like, wait, they can do that now. And then someone beside them go, yep, they can do that now. And they expected you. It was almost like they were it's like, and no one will, no one will ask, ceiling. yeah, no yeah. one will be like, that's, that's a problem or death has been defeated now. It doesn't matter. So there are no stakes to this series. Um, you know, we've got the biggest rebel fleet of all time and it took us 10 minutes flying through the galaxy with a loudspeaker saying we need people to fight for us. There's a thousand ship fleet now for the emperor. Wow. It's, it's bigger than any army they've ever had. And he's just built them himself. Who's flying the ships? Are, are there a bunch of, you know, it, Snopes are being grown in jars. So does that mean the Snope we saw, they're all just Is it clones? Snope or Snoke? Isn't it Snoke? Snoke. 
with I'm a sorry. K. Yeah, Snoop I don't, I, Harry know, Potter. I don't mean it. Yeah. So, which was yeah. a much Snape? better, better thought out Snape? series that I didn't care about as much, but was much better. <laughs> so uh, all of the, it's almost are, like are, they were based on books. Well, dude, or the yes, exactly. <laughs> are the ones in hoods out there in the audience? Are those other Snoke's? Is let me ask you this. Is the emperor that we saw the emperor from the Death Star, or was the emperor cloning other emperors? And that one's been on that planet forever. Yeah, that's that's the big question. And uh, so, okay, so these are all good questions. These are the questions that any good screenwriter would be asking themselves. Oh, thanks, Kelly. And would well, <laughs> no, I'm not talking about you. Um, and <laughs> these are the questions that, uh, yeah, that uh, that you are by asking them. What you're really asking is. Did they ask these things of themselves when they wrote these elements of the story? And I believe I choose to believe that they do have answers for all of these. It's just too much story to put in one two hour movie. And and I think what we're getting at is that this this is one of the fastest paced movies I think I've ever seen. Um, you know, next to something like Bad Boys Two or <laughs> yeah. something like that, or or Die Hard with a Vengeance, which I I say those two because those are action movies that I consider to be some of the most fun, satisfying action movies ever made. Right. Um, because of the pacing, like that's a direct, that's directly because yeah. of the pacing. Yeah. With those, we don't really need a whole lot of of background and storytelling we just need uh fun uh set set pieces so with this i think there are answers to all these things i i i i'm of the mind right now that i kind of don't care about any of those things because uh there's i think you could you could ask questions of literally everything that we saw in the old star wars movies and the only reason we have answers to a lot of the questions about people and places and things and background and mythology is because we have 40 years behind us where it has been uh, talked about and it has been seen in other versions of it. And it's an entire world that, you know, I mean, if we had just seen star Wars and it was 1977, you'd have 1 million questions about what was going on in Star Wars but they that wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to answer. But they wouldn't affect the plot of that individual movie. It wouldn't be like, yeah. oh, wait, this central piece of this movie, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever, what things are hinging on for an entire trilogy and really nine movies. I, I realize that it's not the fault of this movie that it's uh, capping off a, a nine film series, a trilogy of trilogies, yeah. but that still is the task you undertook. That is part of the criteria. Right. What you, the, you movies you, the movies you were just rolling yeah. through are episodic. Bad Boys 3, it does not matter if there was a question in Bad Boys 1 because these are episodic stories. Right. That's like Indiana Jones. Right. I don't right. want to see Indiana Jones 5, but it's not going to wreck anything from before because they're not going to suddenly say, oh, by the way, the emperor is Luke's grandfather. You know, like something like that that actually affects everything even in the earlier series. Right. So that, yeah. I, I, I do hear you. That'll yeah. never stop bothering me. And I knew they weren't going to have these answers from the beginning, but it doesn't make it any less disappointing when this stuff does not come to fruition. It just bugs me. You know, the last, again, I'm just, one more thing that I want to throw in. Yeah. You know, our, our finishing sequence, and you'll remember this, we, we had laughter. I mean, we were there with a group of fans there at 10 o'clock at night on opening night yeah. at the Man Chinese. These were Star Wars fans. I mean, people were laughing. They didn't really know how to feel. You know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, but, you know, if you haven't at this point, I don't know what to tell you. You've got the emperor and he explains. I mean, it's not like they ignore this question. They actually try to give you an explanation. He says, I need Ray dead. Kill Ray. 
and then Kylo, you and I will rule. Now, maybe he was just manipulating him. He didn't really think that was going to happen. But again, that's if you're not going to if you're going to pose a question and then not answer it or show that he was manipulating to me, that's bad storytelling. That's maybe that's just me from film school. Me then Ray shows up. It doesn't work. They sort of write that out by saying, oh, Leia ruined our plans. Never mind exactly how she ruined that. But now Ray is here. Kylo failed. Okay, so now he wants Ray to strike him down, which is a different thing that he wants. That's a different motivation completely. And I will enter you, which again, we haven't seen before, but I guess the dark side can do new rules uh, and we'll rule together as one that way. Then she doesn't fall for that. Uh, Kylo shows up. Ben Solo shows up. He sucks out the power of both of them, becomes an all-powerful god anyway. You know, starts like yep. just forget about the space battle going on or the lower atmosphere battle. Yep. He starts rocking and rolling on everybody. Then they they kill him, and I didn't mind the way they did. I, I like the, the themes in this movie. I like. I mean, this is the stuff I like with Star Wars. Yeah, of anyway, course. pulling all the old good ones together in you to give you power. Right, all that stuff I'm into. But then after all that happens, uh, you know, they kill the emperor, and I guess he can die. And he doesn't enter her <laughs> once he dies, even though he said he could. And then Ben stumbles up. She dies from right. how much power she gave. Ben brings her back to life, kisses her. Then he dies, but she doesn't bring him back to life. <laughs> like, I mean, there's just, there's a lot, man. And I, you know, I, I know this, it always seems like, oh, hater, you love the originals. You just hate it. No, man. I like, I still, I still love Star Wars. It's just, these are problems. Like they're pretty glaring problems and there's a lot of them. And yes, I did enjoy the ride to answer your question. This trilogy, I enjoyed the ride so much more than the prequels, but oh, well, on, yeah. on, on, an, on, from another standpoint, even though the prequels are much worse made movies, there was a reason to tell the star Wars prequel story. And there was at least an outline, right? There was an idea, like an arc of yeah, where we were going. Yeah. These ones are directionless and unnecessary. I mean, the ending of Jedi is so much better. If Avengers Endgame taught us anything, and we talked about it, we're not huge Marvel fans, but to have the foresight of a decade-long, 20-plus installment series and stick the ending the way they did in Endgame, right. that's the reason Endgame is going on my of-the-decade list, like relevant movies that we need to remember because it represents this entire series – that was planned meticulously. Even if you felt oversaturation the way I think both of us did, yeah. even if I didn't need all 30 and I'm not going to watch any of those again, this was planned and they had an idea where they were going and the direction did not falter and they threw some great twists at you and they had all the answers and they stuck the fucking landing and that deserves to be credited because that's really hard to do. If, if Star Wars is an indicator of anything, that's really hard to do. So those those are my thoughts. I love Star Wars. I'm going to watch everything else that comes out. I love The Mandalorian. I like where that's going. I hope they don't try to tie it in to the Any, originals. Anything else. Even though yeah, they probably really. will. But, yeah. um, but that's how I felt about Rise of Skywalker ultimately. Yeah. Rise is, uh, is interesting because uh, we had so many expectations for it. So I'd, I'm of the mind that no matter what they did, it really wasn't going to be good enough agreed um agreed. and and i and i also believe that everything you just said as accurate as it is from a story stel- storytelling standpoint you have whoa uh you just have too much going on that something else would have been the problem something else would have been equally if it wasn't storytelling it would have been you know characterization of people it would have been 
uh, you know, something very technical that was super nerdy that we shouldn't have right. worried about, but there would have been something that we would have picked apart. So I'm sounding like a lot of people that aren't Star Wars fans that are just going, well, the fans are crazy and they don't, right. like, they don't right. like anything that they do. Um, but uh, I really enjoyed Rise. I saw it three times. The first time was at the Chinese IMAX. The second time, I think I saw it in Dolby, um, you know, at a- AMC Dolby, which is good and nice and loud. And then I saw it again in uh, true IMAX, old school IMAX, like big, right. large format square screen um, down in uh, Orange County. And um, and I just really, really had a good time. Um, I had way more fun than Last Jedi, even though I think Last Jedi is very good. I like Last Jedi a lot. It just from I, I, I feel like for whatever reason, I was able to disconnect from all of those storytelling problems. Well, let me let me just leave it on just a positive. Let note it be what it is. Because yeah. I, I agree with you. It was yeah. never going to match our expectations. I think still those things were more glaring, even with me going in thinking this is not going to satisfy me. <laughs> right. It was still worse than I wanted it to be. The bar was still uh, bar. because those are yeah. big things to me. But that said, here are the things I really enjoyed. We'll leave Star Wars finally on a positive <laughs> note. Um, that that chase through the desert on the speeders. I I, I enjoyed that. That no, I enjoyed I, it. I it. It felt yeah. like Star Wars. Okay. Moments to me, Fair right? enough. Yep. Uh, C3PO, uh, the memory wipe, giving him something to do that was relevant but had an emotional toll mm-hmm. was was big to me. That was a big thing. Yeah. The, the speech that Poe and Finn gave to get everybody together, even though I think it was ridiculous, they were able to form a fleet bigger <laughs> than we've ever seen. Uh, I, I enjoyed that moment. You know what I mean? Like they were, there were moments throughout. And like I said, the big thing of like connecting to the force and all those powers of good coming through. This is something actually, since I mentioned Harry Potter earlier, very relevant in that too. All of good sort of helping itself and pulling together, you know, one, the idea of the force, one energy force, pulling it all together, strengthening Ray enough to, to face evil. Right. All of that stuff I'm very, very interested in. Um, of course, there's a ton of things I've already talked about that I don't like, you know, Knights of Ren coming back in. I still don't know what they're about, all that kind of stuff. But those were the things I enjoyed. I did enjoy the ride. Enjoyed the ride on seven, eight, and nine. Thought right. they were well-made films. Right. Don't think they hold up in terms of being part of this series and being the final three installment chapter of this series. I think in that way it was a letdown, but um, there were parts I enjoyed of the movie and I don't, you know, for the next I don't know how we might've talked about this before, but do you see my note here that says uh, that I believe that the reason we think star Wars, uh, the first three uh, are good or four, five, six are good is because we watched them a million times. Like, I, I don't believe it's because they are well-made. I don't believe it's ooh, because they are well-told. Oh, no, oh. no, I don't. I, I think I think that these current ones are made with some of the same sensibility and, uh, and uh, what do you call it, um, uh, a, a skill uh, as George Lucas ever had. And then, you know, Kirshner and, and, and uh, Richard uh, Marquand and all these people. I think that they are all competent uh you know fun action movies look and we watched those originals a thousand times i think if you not that we would and not that it would be the same because we're older but if you get uh these movies on on dvd and you watch them over and over and over and over while you're playing legos on the ground you are going to think they are a master. Strong disagree. Strong disagree. <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. So the originals to me, uh, first of all, uh, yes, technically everything you're saying is right. The technical movie making. That's what I acknowledged in these last three. Yeah. Right. But 
to me at least, and I can't speak for everybody, the play is the thing. The story is the thing. You need to have a story that I'm interested. The, the story of the original trilogy and the original movie are so much tighter than these in, in a in a thousand ways. Not just the stuff yeah. I've mentioned, and tighter than the prequels. And they're not. They don't have anything to answer to. I will give you this. They have the benefit of not having to match something that's, that's already been set that's, up. That's very uh, accurate. But if you the, are going to do sequels. What you're boiling it down to is what you just said is. Your obligation. That's, I guess, really what I'm saying is that there is no expectation for how they connect or what they do or what happens well, next. Therefore, th- I feel like they're on a pretty level. But one last counter. Here. But one but, last counter. Because the original Star Wars yeah. trilogy, again, loved them when I was a kid. You're right. The more I've watched them, the older I've gotten, and the more I've kind of studied into sort of the mythology of it and the yeah. hero's journey and all that stuff, I just feel like it's a perfect myth. It, they are simple. Like, they're complex in their technical stuff, mm-hmm. but they're very simple stories. I think that's why they work, and I think it's a perfect, almost fairy tale, right? For the world, this story, that's what it is. And that's why I think the originals are so good. I love Masters of the Universe because I watched it a thousand times when I was a kid, and Willow. But when I go back but and watch that, as up. I get older, <laughs> I recognize that these are not necessarily – quote unquote, well-made, you know, these are yeah, not as yeah. good of movies. So the fact that I've, there are things that I love from back then that I can acknowledge that I don't think are as good. I mean, I love Ninja Turtles, the original, you know what I mean? But also that's an independent film with a ton of flaws. Right. I don't feel that way about Star Wars. And I don't think it's just because I grew up because there's a thousand examples I've got. Last Starfighter is a garbage movie, but I, I love it because I was a kid watching it playing Legos. Right. Star Wars just feels different to me. Maybe I'm alone on that, but I just think they're well. No, it is different, films, and I, I'm so. not. I'm not necessarily trying to say that you're wrong. I think I'm more just trying to be a little more centrist on it and a little bit more devil's advocate in that. Yeah, don't do that. That it, I because <laughs> it, it's it, here's the real point is that if I move on with my life, the next hopefully fifty years of my life. Right. As someone who was really disappointed in how Star Wars ended, I'm going to be pretty bummed. I'm just trying to be me, a man. self you it's a self-preservation need, thing. You'll need to keep visiting I me. need to just <laughs> let it end on a positive note. I'll be the way that I'll be I the can. guy with all the cats from No Country for Old Men at the end. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, let's talk Lord Anyways. of the Rings. No, <laughs> right. No, but let's move on. Let's move on from this. Uh, so I have my notes on the screen. I, I don't know wh- where you want to talk about, but uh, ca- did you see Uncut Gems? Saw Uncut Gems. What yes. did you think? Uh, I think Uncut Gems is a very interesting and very impressive movie it's not uh patrick's kind of movie i feel about uncut gems very much the way i feel about parasite i think it deserves the praise that it's gotten yeah for a lot of reasons that we can dive into or not it's just not my kind of movie all movies i'm going to see once because i love movies but Mm -hmm. then there are some that i'll go back to and then there are some that i'm like i appreciate but it's not my kind of flick uncut is uh, such a stressful movie yes and so good um and that is why it's so good I think it's an absolute masterpiece, and unlike most movies uh, anymore, Uncut is one that I can't wait to buy on Blu-ray and wow. watch over and over and over really? and over. So that meant something to me after I saw it and realized that I really do love it. Um, it's it's just one that uh, I can't wait to see again. But, um, you know, it got snubbed. We're going to talk about Oscar noms yeah, in a little bit, did. but it got really, really snubbed, and I'm I'm bummed about that because these guys, the Safdie brothers, are are clearly great. They made good time a couple of years ago, right, and we loved right. that. Um, 
you know, it's just not, they're not Oscar baity, I guess, which yeah. is good. I mean, they shouldn't have to give a fuck and they shouldn't have to campaign. But we thought Sandler but, would get a nod though. People, there was a lot of buzz. And and to me, Oscar, uh, Sandler is not the most Oscar worthy part of the movie. Yeah, I think the, the writing and the directing uh, is are the most amazing parts of it. So right. the fact that he didn't get one, yeah, I'm bummed be just because it's not represented, but I, yeah. Um, I really am bummed that it's not up for direction and, uh, and well, writing. I'll say this about them. Whatever they know how to do, and I don't know exactly how they do it, but because I've seen Good Time and, and uh, Uncle mm-hmm. Jim's, and you, you are on the seat, edge of your seat for two hours, and you can't yeah. really explain why. You can't really figure out why you're filled with so much anxiety. <laughs> There's a lot of scenes that shouldn't cause you anxiety. There are some that should. Right. And somehow they do. They maintain that, in, in my opinion, kind of. Pretty yeah. much. Throughout I think the whole I think movie. they're masters of so, storytelling yeah. and and uh, suspense and all these things. Well, you saw um, Richard Jewell. I also saw that. I loved Richard Jewell. Me too. Um, I liked it too. You know, Clint Eastwood uh, is kind of hit or miss for me. He's hit more than he's missed, but he's got. I, I would say he's forty percent miss. We're uh, in for complete me. agreement on this. He's um, more hit than miss, but there are some. That but I it just barely. Yeah, just just a little bit more. And he, um, you know, he tends to make really good movies if he's not in it. Last year was The Mule, and that was a good-ish movie, but it deserved the probably 60 or 70% it had on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Richard Jewell, I think, is outstanding, Um, which was produced by Leonardo DiCaprio's company. I don't know. Um, Yeah. But anyways, uh, I just really, really, really enjoyed it, and I think it's it's also a little bit lacking on its Oscar uh, stuff. but Kathy Bates has been up for some stuff. Yeah. And uh, I forget the guy's name, but the guy that plays Richard Jewell is outstanding. And oh. One of the best of the year. Great in that, great in Cobra Kai. <laughs> Equally great in both. Two very different movies. <laughs> he's been in a few things where he's played kind of this similar weird outcast guy. Right. Uh, just great. Just a really great actor. And he brought 100% in this one. So Well, and also my my favorite actor who I can never remember his name um, as the attorney. Sam, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, yeah, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. <laughs> who is literally my favorite actor who I can never remember his name. I'm just going to call him Guy from... Uh, Guy, you have a last name. From Galaxy Quest. Forever. <laughs> but uh, he was also fantastic. Um, he was fantastic in Jojo Rabbit also. Uh, yeah. Um, he, he had a good He had a good run this year. Um, I didn't see Ford. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Fosse Verdon. But. I didn't either. Yeah. Um, so I saw a lot of movies in the last little while. What are some of the ones that stood out so, for you? Yeah. So uh, we both saw Bombshell. Yeah. Um, I that was one that I, I'm totally fine with it not really being nominated yep, for a bunch too. of things. But but I also just thought it was a solid movie. Incredibly through through. respect the movie. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, we both saw Cats. <laughs> Incredible. Okay, so you smoked. We're the only you two. smoked a joint. Okay, he's yeah. reading my notes. Uh, yeah. He's he's jumping down. Real sorry, real quick. Sorry. That's okay. So uh, so let's talk <laughs> about cats for a second. So um, I uh, had a birthday in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. I was in Vegas for work, and um, I didn't have to work the next day. So me and some friends went out <laughs> to a good meal, and we we're like, we obviously have to smoke uh, before this, and we did. But I found the movie exhausting. <laughs> um, I could, I, at no point it was could disturbing. I, could I understand what they were going for? Yeah. Uh, where they thought the quality would, would be in the movie because I there guess are the actors they brought. Yeah. Up. Yeah, exactly. But, they were all good. You know, 
I guess. Um, I mean, good actors. I'm not saying they were all good. in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's really the thing, isn't it? Is that you have these great actors and it was a bunch of bad performances and bad, uh, bad, bad music and bad, except for Ian McKellen. He was fucking dope, man. He did a good job. He was so committed Um, to that cat. The the main cat was super hot though. So (laughs) isn't that weird? So, um, I don't, I don't want to blow up another buddy of mine because I think he listens, but, um, you remember that movie splice? A friend of mine uh, saw yes, that movie yes. where they kind of create the girl and she's sort of half human and then she's also sort of an animal. Yeah. And uh, he, we left and he was like, <laughs> I'm really freaking out, man. He's like, I I can't figure Super out what it is. It was creepy. That. But I was also like sexually attracted to that chick from Splice. <laughs> He's like, I don't know if she was a chick. She had a fucking tail. Yeah. And yeah. so it's funny to me that you brought this up. It, yeah, it yeah. was Listen, it was a terrible movie. It was so bad that it kind of became interesting. Uh, Jess and I went with my mom and my No brother, amount of weed could get me to It felt like you were it. on drugs. It felt like you were on drugs for sure. Yeah. Um, but what a what a weird thing. And, and a friend of mine told me after we saw it, she said, you know, I read something that says if an animal or a human are – if they're perceived as something like more than 80% human and then they're not fully human, it's naturally disturbing to us. It's almost like sensors go off in our brains to, because it should be something dangerous, like we're trying to be tricked. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. That's totally half-baked. I, I, I believe it because well, I was so disturbed from the preview on of this yeah, cat, exactly. the way they did these cats. And I don't know what it was, but it freaked me out. It was weird. I think I think ninety nine point nine percent of people agree with you. Even just the people that saw the trailer, it 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 is in very much in the same vein as the Uncanny Valley, um, you know, phenomenon that we know things that are not alive, uh, you know, like a like CG, you know, right. people in a movie, right, or even a robot that has mostly human features. We know that it's not alive because of that small percentage between it being perfect and not quite perfect. Um, and uh, the whole thing, I mean, you really wonder, weren't there a lot of people involved in making this movie? That you would No, think. I'm not talking about like the below the line people because they're just – they're happy to have a job and they're all getting paid rate and scale and, and above. But – Everyone else, all the executives, all the producers, all of the visual technicians, the people that make the decisions, there's still got to be dozens, if not hundreds of those people. And no one said, you know what? This is not ready or this is not (laughs) whatever. I don't know. It's like Wild Wild West all over again. (laughs) You know, it's like uh, Patton Oswalt stand up where he talks about deathbed, right? The bed that eats people. And uh-huh. People got up every day and it went to Death work on this, bed. and they thought the this bed. was going to be uh, bed colon. Yeah, the it's a real movie, people, real fucking right? movie. Or maybe it's just called <laughs> the bed that eats, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's something else. Well, uh, so let's move to something that's uh, yep. of bad things to good things. Uh, we both saw 1917. Yeah, we've already talked at great lengths for once upon a time in Hollywood. Yep. To me, there's almost no point when we get into the Oscar stuff of talking about anything else. This is just my personal opinion. To me, even though there's a lot of things I think were very good. 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are just head and shoulders to me above everything else for this year. Best of the year. Uh, for the first time, I've got to a horse in the race because I'm interested in which one of them yeah. might possibly win Best Picture. Maybe neither of them will. But um, I think 1917 is maybe the best film I saw this year. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is my favorite and still like a close second to me. I mean, I, just, I still think it's incredibly made and it's a great movie. But I really think last two or three years, I have not had a movie that I thought, oh, when I look back in five, six, seven years, I'll remember that movie from this year. Right. 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are going in as like, 
all timers for me. I mean, I I really that's pretty interesting. I'm psyched that there were two movies this year, and they came, you know, kind of spaced apart evenly through the year. Um, I loved them. Well, I'm with you on on Once Upon a Time. I uh, we saw it three times, I think, in the theaters. I watched it again the other night. Uh, it's yes, top couple of the year at least. 1917 to me um, deserves cinematography for its complexity and its consistency and its uh, beauty. I don't particularly think that it is a the, the best movie of the year, um, but I think it will win Best Picture of the Year. I don't right. think they will give it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If they if they give Best Picture to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. I would be so excited. I'd be stoked too. If it gets to 1917, I'll go. Yeah, that's like every other year. Once that's... upon a time in Hollywood, you know, you can hope for probably realistically Brad Pitt, who gave an incredible speech at the SAG. And the actor goes to Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Let's be honest, it was a difficult part. A guy who gets high, takes his shirt off, and doesn't get on with his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and screenwriter, possibly screenwriter. For I think I don't think they're going to. I think that's accurate. Yep. It, but yep. it deserves a lot of stuff to me. But yeah, that's how I feel about that one. Well, I mean, the way that I look at it, and uh, the way that we need to remind ourselves it is, is that best picture goes to the producers. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that uh, nineteen seventeen, you know, like best director makes more sense to me. I, yeah. I think that 1917 is a very simple movie. Um, obviously, it's technically complicated, right? But it is simple. It is straightforward. It is a war movie. Uh, again, forgetting about the complexity of what they achieved visually, right? It's like it's not that impressive to me. Oh. Um. Meaning what the producers, the executive producers, and then the producers, and then the line producers had to do on a daily basis. I'm sure it was a big deal. I mean, these right. movies are huge, but I just mean compared to a lot of other things, I think about what the producers had to do to make Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. go, sure. I think sure. that's way more significant. Right. Way more significant. Right. Um, but I could be wrong. Oh, there's a plane. Ooh, that's oh, like, there's a big plane scene. It's directly overhead. <laughs> so – um. I uh, I understand what you're saying. I to me, 1917, ju- just simply from the fact of what was the effect of the movie on you, yeah, held me from me from start to finish. Oh sure, without a beat, you know, you know broken, very emotional. You know, uh, um, resonated emotionally with me. It was very compelling. Right. Um, I found it incredibly compelling, actually. Um, to the point that I don't know if you ever break things down by genre. Um, I know that's not the only way to kind of. I don't judge know things. what genre means. So yeah, and everything overlaps. But my point is, like a, a comedy movie, it's very hard to compare a comedy movie to a drama. Like a like if you're talking about like Austin Powers, right? It's very hard to compare that to like The Godfather. It's almost like they have to be separated and judged for what they're trying to do right. in a way. Um, and in 1917, if you like clump it in, you don't have to do this, but if you clump it into like the war movie category. To me, there hasn't been anything significant like to this point, to this level, I guess, of 1917 to me since like a Saving Private Ryan. Sure, that's um, fair. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, a good 20 years. Yeah. Um, I, I might have even cared more. I mean, Saving Private Ryan, that opening sequence is so incredible. And then it's also sort of a 
check by the numbers. I mean, it's, I think it's great. You know I, I mean? Yeah, I, I got you. But same yeah. type of thing. Um, so I was just, I was blown away by it. I'm, I'm, yeah, this comes from me not really giving right. a shit about the war genre. I get it. I'm very um, excited uh, to see what happens. With well, it. the good news is that it is pretty much the front runner in all of these categories. Yeah, so, I mean, we will probably see it win a lot of this well, stuff. So that's Parasite great. may sneak up too. Um, that would be that would be a real wild shocker. Um, I saw uh, just real quick a couple other things. Uh, I saw Frozen 2, loved it. Missed that one. Um, saw Dark Waters. Did you see Dark Missed Waters? Missed that one. I was Fuck, bummed man. to miss Dark it. Waters is excellent. And it's just because it's Mark Ruffalo. He's an outstanding actor. And it's a true story about uh, the yeah, poisoning I of know the water all about from it. the DuPont company. Right. I've read about um, it. There's a lot of legal stuff in it. I think you'd dig. Uh, but uh, check it out. Uh, Jumanji was a lot of fun. Those are uh, all fun. They can make as many of those yeah, as they exactly. want. They're I'm just, in. I'm in. 100% They're just fun, fun movies. Uh, uh, excuse me, I'm hiccuping a lot because I had a 18 pound burrito. Oh God, we um, both did. <laughs> and then the margarita. each had an 18 pound burrito. <laughs> um, you know, Just Mercy. Did you see it? No. So here's what I've missed. Oh, so okay. just let yeah, me go knock for this it. Off yeah, real quick. yeah. The ones I've missed that I still want to see. So I can't really throw them in when I'm talking about my favorites of the year. And yeah. else, I missed Lighthouse. Didn't get a chance to see it. I missed right. The Farewell, which everybody says is great. I missed A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Hidden Life. I don't know if you. I didn't. I'm not a big that guy. What's Gilly, that guy's name? Uh, Terrence, Terrence yeah, Malick. Like I'm not. Um, Queen and Slim. Dark Waters. Um, Underwater I haven't seen yet, but I've still got a shot at that one. And then I don't know if you know uh, the documentary series, the 7-Up series. Um, they came out with 63-Up this year. Um, this is I know another, of it. well, yeah, this is another one that's not really like Patrick's type of movie, but just acknowledging something that's really incredible. I mean, in the same way that boyhood, everyone yep. was kind of like, I don't even know if this really works, but what a, what a feat, what they you know, to achieved do is, yeah. Yeah. Respect. That's how I feel about the seven up series. I mean, coming back to these same people and documenting these 63 kids, up every seven years for nine sets of seven years, just encapsulating these people's lives. So I missed it cause this was playing even in LA at like one theater. Right. So I'll have to wait right. till it comes out for streaming, but I've watched every one and it really is an incredible document of like humanity you know in the human experience and what that is it and sounds fascinating it's unbelievable it also sounds like something but I'm it takes a while. watch anytime yeah. soon <laughs> yeah it takes a while and it, you gotta um, lock in so those are the ones i've missed just if you want to talk about no it, sure sure no i'm not i'm not gonna really go into any of that but um um i found some tweezers in your couch yeah you can have them they're red anything you find in our couch wow, while you're those here are good tweezers those are jesses i like That's why they're pretty they're good um okay so uh real quick just Mercy is outstanding, and you got to see Just yeah, Mercy. Some wait. of the best performances of the year um, Michael were in that. And uh, same thing with Dark Waters. Uh, Queen and Slim is very good, uh, but it it doesn't go above and beyond in too many categories. It's just a yeah. really uh, interesting, uh, good movie. Um, <clears throat> did you see uh, Bad Boys for Life? Not yet. Okay, so Underwater... I really expected to be dumb. <laughs> yes, as did I. When that trailer came out, uh, we were like, wow, that looks awesome. It's got a weird cast. I don't particularly care about Kristen Stewart. TJ Miller's kind of a weird, problematic person. <laughs> yes. um, and then you got uh, Vincent Cassell or whatever his name is right. from right. Uh, a few things. Uh, he's fine. I don't remember ever really caring about him. Um, and then you got like one of the guys from the newsroom and it's like the weirdest <laughs> cast and they're all underwater in this oil rig. And 
it looked like a big budget, awesome action adventure thing. Right. And then you want, and it is all those things, by the way. And then you see it and you're waiting for it to be bad for two hours. You're waiting <laughs> for it to be bad and it ends and you're like, that was fucking fantastic. Never gets bad. That's disappointing. I loved it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You're waiting. <laughs> I I personally loved it. It was one of the be- most perfect like January movies uh-huh. because you go, oh, something like yeah, that's coming January, out in January, January right. right at what? It, why is it coming out in January? And it, that's what movie you want to have come out in January. It was so cool. Right on. And uh, it is a thriller horror right movie right in a la alien and it obviously steals a lot from a lot of that yeah, yeah. kind of genre you can tell from the people. um yeah of course but it is uh fl- pretty much flawless visual effects excellent uh yeah um acting from everybody um tj miller is virtually not annoying <laughs> only in a couple of moments is he annoying but he's mostly fine uh, Kristen Stewart's doing a fucking great job, even right. though I can't say right. I've ever liked her in anything. Um, I don't know. I just I highly recommend it as something that's just kind of a a, a silly, uh, not silly, but it but, you know d- don't yeah. have uh, Academy Award expectations right, for right. it, and you will have a fucking blast. Underwater awesome. or it's the awesome. abyss, Kelly? Choose right now. Well, the abyss is <laughs> fucking masterpiece. Uh, but but they share a lot of DNA with each other. They do. Did we um, talk about this last time? Did you see The Irishman yet? Yes, yeah, I did. Um, I it's at the bot. I hadn't quite scrolled to it. Okay, yet. but um, these see those. Well, there's a few there. Oh, right on. Let's so, say Netflix. So we both watched. As far as Netflix stuff goes, yeah, we go both watched it. The Irishman. We both watched Marriage Story. We both watched Dolomite, Dolomite is my name. Um, I really enjoyed Dolomite is my name. Me too, I know you man. and I both enjoy these movies where a group gets together and tries to make a movie. <laughs> I mean, a la, you know, um, it's Astro Artist or Bowfinger, which is or, also well, him. I know. kept thinking while this was going on, I kept thinking about Bowfinger. I kept thinking, you know, Eddie Murphy is just perfect at this. The <laughs> ultimate entertainer. I mean, he, he and, and it, so it tracks that he would make these movies about people who just want to create, you know, and right, want to make right. something entertaining. Like he like just pure, is a natural pure. fit. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a, that's a great word for it. It is just a pure movie of watching these people who don't know what they're doing, trying mm-hmm. to make a movie and going through the struggles that you do run into. Some of them I know about some that I don't, you know, right. but, um, but it was really entertaining, man. And Jess and I actually watched the original Dolomite movie, uh, after we watched. Oh, and Dolomite I still haven't watched it. And you know, it's it, it is exactly what it is, and right, what you expect it right. to be. But we were just kind of inspired to like watch their flick. Marriage story story to me, um, you know, Adam Driver is it kind of hitting that level with me. It's just personal. Yeah. Kind of like Christian Bale, where I'll see him in a movie with someone who I think is a really good actor along with him, and then I'll be like, Oh, he's better than they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not he's they're better not than good. almost everyone. But yeah, it's yeah. like watching Jordan play basketball uh, <laughs> you know, against other people and you're like, Oh, that guy's a star, but this guy's Michael Jordan. Right. And he just to me, that movie, you know, I thought Scarlett Johansson was great, but I just thought but he was still much better. Do what just he's much, doing. much better. Yeah, he's yep. doing more. Yeah. Um as far as the Irishman, I'll let you jump in on any of those you want, but yep. as far as the Irishman everything was fine, man. There's never anything wrong with a Scorsese movie, but this just felt to me so much like I've seen Goodfellas and I thought Goodfellas was better. And these guys are all much older. And in some ways that gave it an interesting perspective, particularly Mm -hmm. when they're playing older, Mm -hmm. but when they were playing younger, I'm all for the fact that now anyone can play any role and they can do that face wipe, you know, like I'm I'm not in any way going to be the old man, get off my lawn type of thing. However, 
those guys get were off moving. my CG. Well, <laughs> those guys, you can tell when they move that they're older, and I, that really distracted me. I know that didn't distract a lot of people I talked like to. Like when De Niro's supposed to be like 25, 30 yes. in the truck, and he yes. clearly still looks 60, yes. even though they've cleaned his face up. But his body moves looks even older. moves like a 60, 70, yeah. And they even address this. If you watch, there's a little conversation they recorded like 15 minutes with Scorsese and uh, all of those actors, uh, including Joe Pesci. Right. And they were even saying, he's like, you know, I had to go over and give direction, if you remember this once, to Al Pacino saying, remember, you're 40 in the scene mm-hmm. before he, he was just getting up from the chair too slowly moving too slowly he was supposed to be incensed it's when he's real mad about the kids, yeah yeah right? yeah and and i kept thinking while they were talking about that i was like could use that direction a little more right throughout, right throughout the movie but so also, how do you force someone to get yeah, up faster hey, if they can't you know here's the problem with indiana jones four and eventually five <laughs> sorry oof it is what oof. it is so anyway, those well, are kind of my thoughts. Those are all those are all great. Like I 100% agree with everything you said on those Irishmen. I'm very, I'm not met on it. That's not accurate. I it is obviously beautifully made and told and acted and directed, but um, it's it's kind of from a different era. I just don't kind of care. Right. right. I just don't care. Um, yeah, I noticed you mentioned you didn't see the two popes then. On not Netflix. yet. Not yet. Highly recommend that. Yeah, I'm great I, me being an atheist. I just loved, I, I couldn't even picture myself getting into that movie. Cause it's like, am I really going to care about a movie about these two popes? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it is fascinating. It is beautiful. Hopkins does an amazing job, but mostly Jonathan, Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan price, yeah, Jonathan price does bond villain. Fucking amazing job. All right. You're an atheist. Yes. <laughs> so, um, oh, also, I finally, the, we finally got as around the to, bong bubbles. Yes. We finally got around to, uh, Jess and I to Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, um, yeah. Not going to tell you Great, You right? don't always know. Yeah, yeah. That, all these things I've been mentioning, even the movies I appreciate, that I'm like, oh, that's not necessarily like a Patrick movie. Yeah. Ford versus Ferrari is fully a Patrick movie. You give me something about <laughs> a couple of guys who are trying to do something crazy and impossible and are really dreamers, first and foremost. And I just, I was on board the whole time. Pop Culture Happy Hour called this the most dad movie that has ever been. Hey, yeah. then I'm, that's the level I'm in. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not a dad. Yeah, it just, um, you know what, man? I, every now and again, you need to feel good when you go to the movies. Yep. And, I, and I hate people who are they like, I don't want to watch anything sad, even if it's amazing. Yep. That bothers me. But at the same time, it's nice to have something light now and again. And they get in, mean, yeah. Yeah, get inspired about life. And that's what this was. And it actually reminded me a lot. I don't know if you remember this one. It reminded me... A ton of uh, I don't know if I felt this way about a movie between these two, but uh, when Seabiscuit came out, oh yeah, I, I, yeah, I know horses and cars different. Been a while, been a other while. than we judge them by the same power, I guess. But um, but uh, this felt like that to me. Felt like you know the little engine that could, yeah, and like we're gonna we love this, we love this, so we're gonna try to do this, and it was dope. I right, liked, liked it a lot. Um, okay, so I was in part of part of the holidays. Uh, you know, I was just cramming in all these movies i was going to the movies yes. every day a lot of days i was doing two in a day um yeah, oh and by the way on i hit 100 congratulations yeah. 100 movies in the theater <laughs> in 2019 correct yeah that is correct. And, and it wasn't 101 and it wasn't 99 it was 100 Ooh. and the 100th Ooh. was my third time seeing star wars was it on december 31st or was it before? Did you like win by a nose? No. Or did you have Cheyenne some... and I saw it? I think it was like Oh, shout out to Cheyenne. Some... Hi Cheyenne. It was like December. It was pretty close, but it wasn't the thirty first. It nice. might have been like the nice. 29th or something like that. I, well, I forget. We'll get that um, plaque ready for you. 
Yeah, please do. Um, but but uh, immediately after the 31st, I went to Vegas for two weeks and I saw some more movies. I saw Cats and Underwater. <laughs> but that's when I watched all these Netflix ones because I was in right. a lot of hotel rooms. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> and I just watched. I, I killed all this Netflix stuff. But one that I saw that we have to talk about for a minute, even though you probably didn't see it, is Never Surrender. That is the Galaxy Quest I'm documentary. I'm pissed at you for having seen that. I watched it without you. Where, where did you? How did you see it? It's on. Uh, it? I rented it on iTunes. Oh, right on. Right it's. On. I mean, it's not free on anything yeah. yet, but it's. Uh, it it's available. Played for like one night at one theater. They in only. Los Angeles, they only. I almost did, saw it. They did a, a Fathom event for yeah. it. So yeah. yeah. But um, those guys from Screen Junkies, which is a YouTube channel, yeah, made this documentary about the making of uh, Galaxy Quest, and. It is fucking phenomenal. I believe that even if you've never seen Galaxy Quest, uh, that you could judge this documentary to be a really, really well-made documentary. Um, the all of the people they got in it, you know, all of the uh, uh, the interviewees, uh, a, a wide variety of cast and crew and you know, executives and everybody, director, writer, um, are incredibly honest about it. They tell you all kinds of cool shit. Um, I was, had a smile on my face the whole time. They should be very proud. I'm excited to see it. Um, it's great. You, you gotta watch it. Really want to watch it. Yep. It is not, I kind of expected it to be a little lacking in terms of its production because I'm, you know, quick to judge. Okay, they right. have a YouTube channel. It probably won't be that produced. It'll right, be right, right, right. kind of basic, but it wasn't. It was outstanding. Okay, right on. Yep, that's that. Um, well, that kind of crushes everything that I've seen. Pretty much, I and and I just want to mention also a beautiful day in the neighborhood. You said you didn't see. I did not. Um, I really do want to ask you about it after you see it. Because okay, because that was one I saw uh, back in November or whenever it came out. Right. That I really didn't like. Okay. Like I legitimately dis mostly kind of disliked it and okay. it's at like 90 fucking eight percent on rotten tomatoes right so i need to know what's wrong with me so maybe you can, can double <laughs> well back. that's gonna take some time. <clears throat> you can double back and explain it to me okay okay um yeah. so what's up next uh you, you i'm scrolling down to tv but i don't know well what, what do you think yeah yeah dive into okay. tv that's cool so there's been a lot of great tv uh we watched the mandalorian all through that was uh an eight episode yeah run already mentioned um big fan that's how i yeah, know i'm not a great just a, <laughs> you know, total cynic well we uh we can't wait for the next season and honestly if they make no other star wars content ever other than the mandalorian that'd i'm, be into, fine I'm into mandalorian yeah. yeah i'm into it I'm into it what is that noise it's a back sounds like an alarm okay oh it's off. okay you want you saw picard yeah man did you watch it? The first episode? No, I have not seen it. You can tell I have notes. There's like a giant yeah, look at that. fucking three that's paragraphs. A, that's a big paragraph. Well, by definition, since you haven't, if you haven't seen it, right. we can't talk about it. We got to wait. So we will talk about Picard as soon as possible. Well, but uh, I finished Discovery. Yay! So I'm up to speed on that. I finished season two of Discovery, and we kind of held off on talking about it uh, last time because we it's, had so much to it's cover. It's hard to jump into something that's that big because yeah. you've got two seasons of 13 episodes a piece. And it's also so not sit back, guys. It's also <laughs> not for six more hours. I really, really don't uh, kind of. Uh, I haven't rewatched uh, all of it. I actually did rewatch the first season ah. from when it was on, um, and I just I, my, my short couple of thoughts, and then you'll tell me yours. I don't 
think it's well written. I think it's right. Um, I think it's really ham handed, and I think uh, I think the production value and uh, the action and the costumes and some of the performances, like uh, Doug Jones who plays Saru and 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 Christopher Pike. Uh, played by Anson Mount in the second season, yeah, are like so satisfying right. that they hold the show up for me to where I'm going to keep watching it and keep appreciating it for all of those things. But I think I think the story that they're telling and the way that the dialogue works and honestly, um, the three characters, uh, uh, Tilly, um, <laughs> uh, uh, what's his face, uh, uh, Paul Stamets, the engineer, right, and Michael Burnham. The yeah. fucking star of the show, I can't stand all three of them. Yeah. I don't want to see them. I don't want to hear from them. I'm sorry. It, I just think the, their performances are fine. I get, although I don't think the guy playing Stamets is very good. The other two, I think, are acting very well. I just think they have garbage stuff to do and dialogue written for them. And and I think they're not directed that well sometimes. I think the direction is lacking. Anyway, yeah, it, the, those are my thoughts. It's an interesting thing to kind of pick this one apart because um we're I mean we're both Trek fans. Um I'm not as um passionate about it. I'm I'm more I, I probably know as much about it as like a Star Wars, but I'm but I'm more casual with Star Trek. It's yeah, not yeah, gonna yeah. disappoint me as much. I'm kinda just like, oh I'm on board for this. Right. Uh and I'm not as invested. But um but it is interesting, man. To me the sweet spot, and I think you'll agree for for Trek was always like next generation and yeah. the feeling of that show. And I don't know how to judge this show. I don't think you could recreate something like, and now you've seen Picard and I know we're not yeah. going to that, but I don't think you could recreate something with that feel just because we're, we're in a different era now. And I don't know if it would feel too hokey or just too dated or what it is. But um, I think unless you do it like Orville, it has to be sort of, which is why we love Orville so much. It has to be kind of self-aware and almost like self-parody, but also be true sort of in that feeling of what next generation is to me, the biggest problems with discovery are if you're going to do something episodic, which is the way the old treks were right? yeah. each time you've got an overarching character development, but each story is its own story. Um, that's one thing. And you can explore all these different ideas and different science fiction ideas you want to play out. And that's kind of the appeal of star Trek to me with, with discovery. I feel like it's too convoluted. You know, it's one big overarching thing. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, right, we've we've taken on sport technology, which even though we're in a prequel series, the means of travel, I know they try to address this and sort of retroactively fix it, fix it. But the means of travel are now different than what we've always known in Star Trek, which is already futuristic and a different way to move. So you're taking on that. That's a huge element in the story. The Mirror Universe, which was an old one from the original Star Trek series, is a huge part of it. Any of these things would have been enough for kind of the whole story. Then you've got the Red Angel and sort of the idea of not just time travel, but kind of even more you know to that Mm -hmm. that's enough for like kind of a whole series you've got the klingon thing which is a big thing for like i just to me it just felt like okay there's a lot of things moving pieces here i don't know that any of them ever kind of all come together um well enough for for my taste they don't and that's your instincts about it as a writer uh and as a star trek fan are uh there are too many things going on and um, I, this is not a spoiler, but Picard suffers from this as well. Right. Um, 
and uh and i just brought up on screen uh picard hater bingo (laughs) there's some really good ones in there because it 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 just it it speaks to what we're feeling what you were just saying data looks too Uh, old is actually my favorite thing in there because even in the trailer it's like they clearly tried to wait and have him just in one little his face is too fat someone created this before picard aired so this is not this is yeah, not yeah, a reaction yeah, yeah. to Picard. Right, this right, is right. what people assumed. But even after it, I'm like, yeah, fucking a lot of that applies to this premiere. Um, anyways, wow. so the the point to all of that is that uh, Star Trek uh, originally and traditionally was a very simple show in that there was singular goals um, and very rarely were there lots of storylines. Right. And that's what you're saying. I, um, I just so wish that we could get back to that. Um, Picard is not suffering from a lot of storylines yet, but it, it, um, fucking discovery is a goddamn mess. And it's just a miracle that after watching two seasons of it, I'm still like, Okay, it's entertaining. I'll <laughs> yeah. keep watching it. Yeah, you when got to, yeah. when like you said, there's all these different things going on that would have been enough. Um, I guess it's just like them not feeling confident in it, uh, you know, or, or thinking that it maybe would get boring if it didn't have all these different elements. Um, God, they keep throwing stuff out. Yeah, it's well, it's a lot, and you it's know, exhausting. Like I say, it's you know the the um the structure of these things is important, man. I I know TV has moved in a different direction, and we want the overarching you know kind of story. But when you do the episodic thing, if you want to just kind of stick a toe in, there's so many different interesting um ideas in science. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like yeah. theories and stuff. If you wanted to plateau in those and explore different things episode to episode, that's why that whole five year mission and we're gonna hit a different world and there'll be a different problem each time works in at least as far as I'm concerned. So I think that's part of the problem in having a big war. I know everybody mm-hmm. loves Deep Space Nine for this reason and they took the gloves off and they finally for a lot of reasons, but also there was just a bigger idea behind it. That's all good and well, but um, but it also limits you in ways. I think so. I mean, yes, I'm I'm with you on all of that. I I think that um, I think you just brought up something really, really, really good, which is Star Trek should be based on could be, but I I would say should be based on what's going on in science now that's cutting edge for us that we could we could explore um right. on a maybe not on an episode by episode but even a season by season but i mean you know who's to say that you can't write that if there if we're if we're on the verge of having some scientific breakthrough in 2020 that could be really interesting why not explore that as right. the premise for star trek um something very grounded and not stupid like the red angel and all this shit there's just there's so much stuff that's more annoying than anything and you look back at the old uh you know tng episodes and of course there was all kinds of stupid shit the the crystalline entity and all kinds, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know whatever that was way bigger than anything we right. could conceive of right. and that's fine um but but what is pretty much the second best star trek movie it's a voyage home and the voyage home was written based on Leonard Nimoy talking to a scientist who was going, you know, we're starting to realize how much 
kind of information there is in whale song right. and right. and a, and a yeah. coupling of of yeah. us depleting our ozone layer at the time and yep. uh having you know global warming and luckily we rectified all these things yeah. now that Star Trek came out and he fucking made a movie about it and it was and it, was, it great. was great and it was enough yeah. and it felt good and and it's you know, got a lot of heart it, you know, it's got thought behind it, but it's got a lot of heart it, and emotion. It's just such a bummer that all basically what I'm what I'm taking away from Star Trek Discovery and now Picard is that all of these people in charge, like Alex Kurtzman mostly, but even Michael Chabon, who's executive producing and show running uh, Picard and writing most of it, um, and I just all of the executives in charge yeah. that claim that they are Star Trek fans, they are the yeah. biggest yeah. Star Trek fans, and they are wanting to do, you know, good by Star Trek, uh, you know, the show and the fans. Right. They still don't really. They clearly don't have that sentiment. Yeah. And I want to read a quote really quick, and then we're going to totally move on from this. But this is from, do you know who Noah Hawley is? He made Fargo. Yeah. You know, he's current, and he did uh, Legion, which uh, finished last season. Well, he is greenlit to do a Star Trek movie. He is greenlit, as far as I know, what I've read in the trades, he is greenlit to do the next Star Trek movie. So we hear rumors about Quentin and everything, but as far as I know, the facts are the next Star Trek movie that exists will come from Noah Hawley. Okay. And his quote is, I have my own take on Star Trek. Uh, This is what he was asked uh, uh, when they were asking whether it will feature the most recent crew. Um, And he said, and going back to what I loved about the series Next Generation, when a lot of franchises focus on uh, might makes right, Right. Uh, Star Trek is about exploration and humanity at its best and diversity and creative problem solving. There's nothing better than that moment when William Shatner puts on his reading glasses and lowers Khan's shields. It doesn't cost anything. <laughs> awesome. But it's that triumphant feeling about smarting your enemy. For me, it's about getting to those elements of the show. I don't necessarily find action in and of itself interesting unless it's story. So it's early days. I'm meaning it's still early in this process. I'm still talking right. with Paramount and I have a take and I got to write a script. Um, I forget when that quote was taken, but not that long ago, maybe a few months ago or six months ago. So he probably agrees with me on episode nine. <laughs> so what I'm saying is I think if he makes one, it's going to be atmospheric, which is the way yeah. he shows and, and everything is. It's going to be thoughtful. It's going to be smart. And mostly it's going to be slow because I think he's he's calling out Wrath of Khan. Right, uh, which is obviously like yeah. the best Star Trek movie, and he's calling out that it, it's mostly about smarts and it's about pacing and it's about uh, slowly p- problem solving and it's about right. science and uh, and and these things and and what he's calling out is that action in of itself is is dumb and that's fucking Picard and Discovery are just full uh, of all this yeah. stupid yeah. fucking shit that. Yeah you know we never had that in old star trek yeah you know like you said other than yeah no Deep you're Space right Nine, no, you're right boring but and, and and trek more more so much more so than star wars because they're different things as much as people lump them together yeah it is like you said uh you appreciate the slowness of it i mean honestly i know that's not the modern audience is not what everybody's leaning into but no, like fuck them it's not for them it, it is supposed to be the smarter series that actually takes on serious ideas and thoughts yes. and works them out and you have to kind of follow with your mind. It's much more cerebral, and it should be. And that doesn't mean there's not going to be some good space battles. But right. but it's not the J.J. Abrams take, which, again, are very entertaining. I, I like all those movies, yep. but, but they are Star Wars and Star Trek clothing. clothing. Right. I mean, that's what they are. 
Um, so yeah, uh, well, I'd be interested in seeing that and, uh, bummer about Picard, I guess, that we haven't totally, <laughs> well, I don't want to totally taint it, but because, because once you watch it, you will see that there are some really good elements and you will get something out of it and you will watch the season. Um, you will, <laughs> and, uh, we'll drink some Star Trek wine. We'll drink some Chateau Picard oh, yeah. and some it's Federation tough. reserve wine. I got some new bottles. Oh, nice. Um, and, uh, you know, but it just, we have to temper our expectations is all I'm saying. Uh, For sure. So uh, a couple other things just to throw out real quick. I've been watching The Outsider on HBO. It's really great. I seen um, it. Check that out. It's a, it, it, it itches the same supernatural crime uh, shit from True Detective Season 1. Oh, um, nice. It's okay. without, you know, all that quality, but it, it it's really good. Right. Um, I watched the first episode of Avenue 5, which is the cruise ship in space show on HBO. I don't know that. Um, okay starring Hugh Laurie and a bunch of fucking people and he's the captain and it's from the guy that created Veep and okay. it is fucking god awful don't watch it <laughs> okay um, alright good uh, we've both been watching The World According to Jeff Goldblum yep right? if you like Jeff Goldblum this show is for you exactly perfect sentence <laughs> if that's you a, like Jeff that's Goldblum, our only review you will like it um, I wrote down one quote I like you ever see a human being spooned by a horse that was something <laughs> he said in the uh, in the yep. coffee episode <laughs> if you like Jeff Goldblum this show is for you you ever see a human being spooned by a horse right on um, uh, Lost in Space season 2 happened haven't it's watched a lot of it fun. haven't watched it but uh, I'm interested you season 2 happened I'm really into it. sappy nope. bullshit Gloss, yeah. Gossip Girl was I was a big fan yeah um, I was an OC guy so I can't <laughs> talk shit gotta watch them both uh, the Imagineering story was excellent. That was Watched a, a few six-part miniseries on Dig Disney Plus. Haven't seen all of them. Um, it's just Disney propaganda, but it's still excellent. Yep. yep. Uh, Shit's Creek season six is on right now. Everybody keeps telling me it's so um, good. Haven't seen it. It's fine. Um, no, I mean I love it. If you if you didn't get into it, I right. would not say you're missing out. I yeah, would I just you. I would just say, yeah, you know. Uh Letterkenny's a lot of fun. I'm gonna uh, watch Jess that. And I've been yeah. watching that. Letterkenny's a lot of fun. So that's one that definitely you could check out. I keep hearing that from people, so yes, it's we watched one, one episode of um medical police, medical cops. Oh yeah, how is it? One. I mean, honestly, man, it's exactly what you think it's gonna okay, be. But sure. if but if you're humor, if you're down for that, like Yeah, yeah. I like we, that. we laughed. I'm gonna it's I'm funny, gonna watch it, it's yeah. stupid. It honestly this is a totally different movie. I like but those people a lot. Yeah, the yeah. kind of humor that like in a hell in hell baby, you know, something like right, that. Right, that right. That's the kind of stupid, <laughs> dumbass humor. But I like if you grew up on like Chevy Chase and stuff, yeah, you can't say like, Oh, I like that kind of humor and not this and you not know, this. Th- these Correct. are you're gonna like those. they are one in so, the same anyway vibe yeah let's jump into like news and oscar stuff and then yeah. we'll, and then we'll cap the decade okay um, that's that, great I think so that's our order some news um so uh there's just so much shit going on but uh uh, uh, really quick, just to uh, toot my own fun shit that I I worked at uh, Galaxy's Edge uh, in Disneyland the other night. Bitch. I got to be there all night. I can't. Uh, th- I actually never signed an NDA. They said I was going to, but I didn't. Wow. So, uh, but I'm still not. Tell going us to everything. <laughs> Our listenership's gonna. But it's a. It right. was. It was, all I'm gonna say is it was a uh, a, a, a an episode of a reality TV show that filmed uh, overnight because of course you have to film while the, the park is closed yeah 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 but they had access to all of galaxy's edge so we got to just hang out under the falcon all night um i literally just oh man hung out there you sent me a picture waited so... waited for them to finish filming oh, so um jealous. but it was definitely interesting to be there and to see backstage at disney which is not many people yeah. you know get to do that so what was that i got to see all the buildings and the yeah the way yeah. hang out and wait and we're 
people. All the dwarves back there with yeah. their heads off smoking cigarettes. Yeah, exactly, shit. exactly. Uh, so I Did got they to release that. an army of cats to catch all the mice <laughs> on the I, lot in the night? I no? kept my eye out, but I never saw Damn. a single cat. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, that happened. Um, the the Mustang from Bullet, the original Mustang, sold for three po- a record three point seven four million dollars. As it should day. have. Yeah, I think that might have been a record for any movie car. Um, have you seen Bullet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. it's it's okay. been a while. Yeah. Probably like ten years ago, I saw it for the first time. Um, so good. Uh, in the most important news, Century City remodeled their IMAX screen. Um, it's not bigger. It's still the fake IMAX <laughs> size. But um, <laughs> in important news, they remodeled. It is not bigger. It is still not it's true IMAX. It's still fake IMAX, but it has a new projection system. It's the IMAX with laser, which they have at a few IMAX locations. And IMAX with laser just means better projection quality, uh, contrast, you know, saturation, right. everything. And and it shows. It's gorgeous, gorgeous. I okay. saw bad I think I saw bad boys there the other day. Um, and then upgraded seats and the sound was incredible. One of the best sounding theaters. Like normally I see things in Dolby, but this was really good also. Really excellent. So, right. Um right. highly recommend. And you know, to 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 compare that, you were just talking to me about Regal theaters, like yes, the I Regal was. downtown. Um, what I have learned over the last few weeks being in Orange County mostly and, uh, and Vegas where they have mostly Regal theaters, uh, Regal theaters is a garbage movie chain. Yeah, it's true. They are horrific at their jobs. Uh, and they are a, uh, what I wrote here is a soulless, desolate Disney <laughs> DVD player. It's a person that presses play yeah. and there's no attention paid to anything else the quality of the environment uh meaning just like the general cleanliness of the place yeah Um, i must have gone to no less than six to ten different regal theaters over the holidays right and they were all equally horrific uh in all of these ways um when i saw dark water uh i went out to complain about sound because it was hovering around 55 decibels which is what my phone said it was and that's like (laughs) Like when someone's whispering to you from the other room, that's like 55 decibels. Oh, I'm exaggerating, but, but that's, it's in unintelligible right. when you're in a, that right. kind of environment. Right. Right. Um, th- just no awareness of anything. Whereas AMC, even though that's also a big chain, big fucking corporate chain and fuck them, they are at least good at their job enough yeah, yeah. to hit play properly on right. time and right. make it sound right and look right. So anyways, that's some well, news. Fair enough. Fair enough. We should talk about Golden Globes and SAG a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and how that ties into Oscars. Oscars, yep. So <clears throat> Golden Globes, if we just like focus on the the big ones, right. um, 1917 did win for Best Picture. Of course it did. So that gives us some idea of what's about to happen. Uh, but Once Upon a Time won for the musical or comedy category. Of course it did. Because it could. It's a separate <laughs> You know, category. Yeah, a little um, different with the Oscars. And then Renee won for Best Actress. Did you see Judy, by the way? I haven't seen Judy. My mom loved it. It came out so long ago, and I missed it then. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm happy for Renee. I loved Judy. I want to see it. And of the women in this category, even though they all did great, I think that's right. I think I think that's absolutely right. I think Saoirse Ronan in Little Women is 
probably the next best. She's the only one I haven't seen. So all these ones that you're saying, all I've seen all the yeah. performances for the women except for that. Right. Um, for this one, I didn't see. And then best actor. Yeah, I didn't see Antonio Joaquin. Banderas and Pain and Glory. Oh, Pain and Glory is beautiful. And I didn't see Two Popes, but I've seen Ford Ferrari, Marriage Story. So in this one, Joaquin's I, would, I would put Jonathan Price number one, and I'd put Antonio and Adam like tied for two and three. And then I'd put, then I'd put maybe Joaquin. Like for me, what Joaquin does is always great. Right. He obviously deserves to be in this category, but I also think it's just so over the top. I don't know. I just, I'm not an actor, so I can't, I can't identify right. with what he accomplished. But you acknowledge that he's going to win, or at least you think he's going to win. I think he's going to win. I, I don't think someone else is going to win. I think it would be awesome if Jonathan Bryce won. <laughs> Anyways, so that's some of the Golden Globe winners. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the SAGs. I forget. Did they reflect that? I'm clicking through. Well, Parasite uh, won Best Ensemble. Right. And, right, right. you know, because this one's just the acting category. Yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt won again for this one for Best Supporting. Parasite won Best Guy. Oh, so Renee, Renee won again did win for, for that, and he did win for and, that. Yeah. Joker. Okay, yeah. And by the way, Laura Dern <laughs> won uh, the Golden Globe, too, for Supporting, I think. And uh, what was the other movie she was in this year? Uh, she was in something else this year that she was better in. <laughs> yeah, that's what. I, okay, so that's what you're gonna say. I can't remember I, what else she was I'm in. But when else. that happened, like I turned to Jess when she won, and I was like, you know, I really like Laura Dern, but to me, there's there's nothing standout impressive no. about her in Marriage Story. No. I do not understand this nomination at all. At she all. is good, and a thousand people could have been just as good. Little Women. She was oh. better in Little Women <laughs> so, than she was in. So the in the thing I want to say about story. that too, though, is I just think Scarlett Johansson to me in Jojo Rabbit was yeah. so good. Yeah, that's and, fair. and I don't care about her in Marriage Story, and not saying she wasn't good, but I just think Adam Driver was much more of a standout. But to me, for the supporting for Jojo Rabbit, I thought Scarlett Johansson was great, and I she's not getting any right kind of love really. I mean, she's nominated, but I don't think she'll win. Yeah, so I don't know. Well, so then that leads us into the Oscar nominations. Um, I actually, for what it's worth, I was still awake when they announced them. I hadn't gone to sleep that <laughs> wow. night. Wow. Okay. Um, I was having some back pain, but I was in a really nice uh, uh, hotel room in, in Vegas. So I stayed up and watched it and it was really fun. Um, but a couple of surprises uh, before we go into the individuals, um, you know, <laughs> there, I saw a lot of documentaries this year and we're going to come back to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, the five or whatever nominated, I didn't see any of them. <laughs> so like of all the great documentaries yeah. I saw this year, not one of them was nominated. So clearly this is the golden age of documentaries because I saw some shit that I was like, Oh, that's a shoe in for best documentary. And it didn't even get nominated. This is so funny because I've Weird, never right? cared that much about documentaries in my life. Like in right. terms of right, being right, a right. movie fan, hasn't been a, doc, a, a category that I've definitely been into. And we just talked about 63 Up, the 7 Up series. And I was going to say when we get to our decade list, I'll mention this. But I don't think I've ever had as many documentaries listed. I'm not just speaking right, about this year. Right. But over the decade that I'm saying, hey, you know what? People should see this. So I agree with you. I don't know if it's Weird, just right? they're more available now because of all the different ways you can see them. Oh, they for sure are. Yeah, if they're just making better ones, I don't know, but I do think hundred percent with you that they're it's the best. Well, for so Brad Pitt and Leo D DiCaprio were on uh, Mark Marin WTF the other day, and uh, that's a great episode, by the way. Um, but uh, uh, okay, there they are. Um, 
Leo, who has a production company and he does a lot of documentary work and puts a lot of money and time and love into documentaries, he was just saying how he's like, yeah, of course, it's it's very obvious. A few years ago, you would have had to have theatrically, theatrically released these documentaries and they wouldn't have gone anywhere and they wouldn't have had any audience, wouldn't have made any money. It would have been a huge ordeal. But with uh, companies like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon just going, yeah, go ahead and make it, he said he went to pitch Ted, the guy in charge over at Netflix, whatever the documentary is that he was talking about. Uh, he's like, I barely got through the pitch. And Ted was just like, yeah, make it. Here you go. Make it. Make it. He was like, really? Yeah. And and it, then it instantly you know, gets million. He was saying how one of them, he's like, yeah, it's like 30 million people watched it. That's not, you know, and he's like yeah. that 30 million people, That's 30 cool. million, you know, he's like, if it was in a theater, it would have been like a couple of hundred thousand. Right. If that, if that. that, that's probably the best argument, honestly, that I've ever heard for streaming for services. Yeah, and for things. A thousand percent. So the ones that are nominated American factory, the cave, yeah. uh, edge of democracy, which I'm interested in. That's right. the only one I even know about. Uh, for Sama and Honeyland. Right. Um, the ones that were not just notably, because I know you'll agree with me on these, Apollo 11, which we both saw this year, correct? There's my list. Yes. Okay. So Apollo 11. Th- okay. Your top two are the same ones I was going to mention. So Apollo oh, the, 11. Those are not necessarily in order, but they're pretty right, much but in the order. Two yeah, that are up there. Yeah. Sort and of, they yeah. shall not grow old to me are unique yes. and impressive enough. I don't know how it's possible that they would not be <laughs> exactly nominated exactly. for best documentary. Exactly. These other five can't be better. Like objectively better without any doubt than those two. Well, you know, American factory, I think was produced by the Obamas. That's their movie. So, so yeah. um, these things are all kind of political anyway. Right, right, right. So whatever. Anyway. But yeah, that, that list uh, right there um, of my 10, those are not top 10. Those are the 10 coincidentally movies documentaries that I saw in theaters this year. And oh, okay. I would say four or five of those, I was like, oh yeah, that'll be up for best documentary. Um, they yeah. shall not grow old in Apollo 11 being for sure. Um, and then <laughs> I really enjoyed Hail Satan, but I'm not H- expecting Hail the Academy Satan to w- w- was never to- going to be nominated because <laughs> no. of what it is, but no, actually no. is an incredible documentary. Yes. Yes. Um, Amazing Grace is really great. Uh, You've big, talked about Biggest, biggest Little, Little Farm. Farm, I think is outstanding. And, and that, that I can also understand not really being up uh, the deep space nine documentary. I understand uh, echo in the Canyon was, was pretty beautiful. I, I didn't again, expect much um but the last two maiden um which is about the all-female team that sailed around the world in in the 80s uh or early 90s and then uh, fantastic fungi i would say are both ones that i was like oh you know they might be up for best picture or best documentary and again no no love there so uh it's a weird category that's you did your best, say. Kelly. You did what you could. I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried. Um, but my goal is before the Oscars to watch these five. Um, and American Factory isn't, I'm pretty sure, on Netflix. So, um, yeah. Okay. Five. Okay. Um, let's get back to my notes. Um, so uh, another surprise on the nominations is that another surprise win was that at the Golden Globes, Missing Link won Best yeah. Animated Feature. And granted that a lot of people saw that, and it's from the studio Leica, who does beautiful work. I mean, it's stop motion. It was stop motion. Gorgeous. That's why, right? Stop motion. Yeah, but I have I have Missing Link on my computer, and I, I got like 20 minutes in, and I was like, this is dumb. 
Nothing in that trailer not made good. me think I would was, ever want to watch it. Right. It was all jokes that weren't funny. Right. Exactly. And I got 20 or 30 minutes in the movie. I was like, oh, yeah, this is all jokes that I, aren't funny. I, I've heard from more than one thing that I was reading or listening to that, that they were really, for some, for whatever reason, uh, hell-bent on not giving this to a sequel or a reboot or a continuation. And and maybe why? maybe it's just that hey we're gonna we're gonna I know I'm not saying they should but maybe it's that okay this is the stop motion movie incredible it's the only one like this stop motion feature and yada 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 and it's original so we're giving Frozen it. two was excellent um, Toy Story four I thought was pretty fucking excellent and uh, even if you know even if Missing Link was great I just don't buy that you know that it's better than these other ones but apparently i don't know uh, did they miss a golden was... opportunity uh with frozen 2 they could have named it two frozen <laughs> frozen frozen 2 two, two frozen two furious <laughs> um so animated feature film and 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 also look at the other nominees um how to train your dragon 3 i enjoyed I lost my body. I never saw, and Klaus. I never saw. Klaus is on, uh, on Netflix. Um, but the fact that Frozen Two is not even nominated, I think, is also weird. But I don't know. Weird category. Would, would Lion? Would something like Lion King that would still be uh, able to be nominated for this? Right? I mean, the, what, how do we? How do we no, feel about? I know. I, I don't. <laughs> is think, that animated? I don't think it's qualified for animation. I'm pretty sure it's live action. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm pretty darn All sure. All right. Yeah. I'm not sure. The uh, lines are being blurred, just like yeah. how you release movies, but that's okay. Okay. Fair hey, enough. Hey, Madison. The puppy's yeah, here. The dog is back. Hey, baby. She's Hi, baby. Here to say hello. Just like you guys are yes. recording too long. Yes. It's probably just hours, like all our fans. Hours and hours. Okay. So uh, back to the notes. Where are we? Um, all right. So we talked about Oscar noms a little bit. Um, I think that the farewell, the farewell. You didn't see The Farewell yet. I haven't seen Fuck. it. Everybody says it's incredible. I think The Farewell and Uncut Gems are my two big snubs of the year, and I think there are plenty of movies nominated in multiple categories that have no business being in there. So okay. the, the it's not one of those, there wasn't enough room for everything. Yeah, it was just, we agree on that. I think it's fucking dumb. Um, anyways, but but we have to acknowledge that Once Upon a Time is up for a lot of stuff, and that's awesome. And yeah. as is Parasite, Parasite is a movie that is entirely in Korean and it's up for a bunch of Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Uh, how amazing is that? You know? Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's that I think that's f- almost unprecedented. Yeah. It is. Um, it is. Definitely yeah. is. So well, let's see. What else? Brave is New World. Best Picture. Uh, all these other ones. Yeah. These are great. I loved Little We've Women. We've covered pretty much every one of them. JoJo is really great. Joker is very good. Irishman's very good. Brent Marriage Story is very good. See, again, to me, again, it's just me, but there's not even really any, I don't really have anything to say beyond, I think, 1917 and Hollywood are the best. So think, that's just me. I think you're right. And then from there, I don't, they're all good. Oh, there, and, 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 and sorry, the other big snub, I was kind of mentioning uh, Best Picture nominees, but I think the other big snub is uh, in the director category that Greta Gerwig definitely deserves to be in there. Right uh, for uh, for Little Women, but man, and this right is going to be a problem as long as you just said, "Hey, the producer gets Best Picture," and you're right, and that is how it works. But yep. this is a director's medium. At the end of the day, the director is making all the creative calls, or they sh- or they're supposed to be theoretically, right. and so it's it's their baby. And the the idea that we've expanded the field for Best Picture, but you 
but you're not nominating all the directors. Right. It, that's just never going to feel right. I mean, having <laughs> having a best picture, even a nominee where there's not the director's not up for director just doesn't make any sense. It just I mean, that to me yeah. is just a flaw in how they've done it. I, I like that they're expanding the field so movies don't get left out, but I don't get that. That didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, you got anything else you want to talk about at the, for the decade, Oscars? Decade in review. I mean, the Oscars are coming up in uh, the, about two weeks, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, two weeks from tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll do an episode before then, but we should try to do one for it. Well, yeah, I was going to say our, our next uh, so you're, episode you're should gonna be going to block out that day. Right? Our Oscar preview. Okay. Yeah, all right. Our Oscar so I review. think that'll be the next one. For sure. Um, all right. So moving on to the kind of towards the end of our our stuff, um, we did get a Quiet Place Part 2 trailer. That was pretty awesome. Uh, and we we got our, our last uh, or our second trailer for Top Gun Maverick, which is so fucking badass. Right. We talked a little bit about how trailers, some trailers recently have had not great editing. Um Fucking those movie or those trailers are yeah an amazing yeah. piece of art. Uh, they yeah. just they just know what they're doing. Um, and uh, did you see the trailer for Morbius? I did. Pretty wild. Yeah, that I, one kind of caught me off guard. I was like, oh, I didn't know we were doing this. Yeah, yeah. I I don't care, but I'll see it. Um, but I just from the people that brought you Venom. Yeah, that's what I love. <laughs> God, I love the things they choose yeah. to write. Yeah, on the yeah. Screen. It's interesting. Man, um, so cute, puppy. Yeah, I uh, I don't know, I don't know. Um, um, well, let's uh, let's talk about. Okay, wait, wait. So, what do we have? Really, we're we're rounding out into our favorites of the decade. Yes. Um, and uh, that's not this list you see here. Um, but I have I have one uh segment that we're gonna do. It's a quick one. Okay. Uh, let's just do it really quick. If we can shift into it, um, I want you to guess. We don't ever have to do this again. If ooh, it's dumb. Ooh, okay. I want you to guess what the Rotten Tomatoes score is <laughs> for <laughs> for a movie. And I have written here a segment name Rotten but Not Forgotten. Um, this is not to imply that these movies have rotten scores. Yeah. It's just to imply that I get pretty caught up personally in Rotten Tomatoes score. It dictates whether or not I'm going to see something generally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even though I'm seeing it first day when it's out, it's just whatever that initial score is, right. gives you a gauge. Right. It gives you, you some an gauge. Idea. And obviously I'll ignore it sometimes. But if it's something that I don't feel strongly about, like today, The Turning, or yesterday, The Turning came out, which is a horror movie, and it looked good, and it has 14%. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to see it. Probably not. Yeah. So it gives me some idea. Um, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score for Star Wars is? And <laughs> you could you could give me critical and audience or both or neither or whatever you want to do. Um, but what's your guess? Let's say Star Wars. Let's think about We're this. talking 1977. Cynical era, but yep. also nostalgic people. Let's say the Star Wars Rotten Tomatoes is a 93. How'd you know that? Holy fucking <laughs> shit. It's 93. Yeah. Audience score 96. Okay. Good. I, that, uh, <laughs> you know, we should never do this segment again. That was fucking incredible. Okay. And uh, and by the way, my list of movies here is, is bananas. Nothing I don't, I don't to know lose. why. Nothing to lose. Well, these but are we our love favorites. nothing yeah. to lose, but, but just be realistic. Okay. What do you think? Nothing to lose gets an 80, 80. 
Oh my god. 28 from critics. 28. A 28? And the audience score 68. Which, you know, I mean, that was closer to what you're you're getting at. But I guess you just have to remember that critics are weird. Um, Okay. Another comedy that we love. Oh god, Hamlet 2. I hope Hamlet 2 is a... Let's see. I think you focus on critics in this. Yeah, yeah. Because audiences... I'm going to say Hamlet 2 is an 85. 65. 62. Just, and, see, just I don't barely at all. Barely a tomato. <laughs> barely a tomato. It's a green the tomato. The rock. Holy okay, shit. Okay, what do you think about the, the rock? rock? Okay, critics for the rock? Uh yeah. Critics. 40. For the rock. <laughs> that's a good guess, I would say. 66. 66. That's okay. that's even better. That's not surprising though. 66. That was early bay. They probably didn't have a Yeah, bias, they weren't angry yet. Bias yet. Alien, uh, alien. Alien uh 90. 97. God damn. I should have known to be one, like a couple <laughs> higher than Star Wars. More of it's an a, art it's film. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. Walk art, hard yeah. gets uh, 54. <laughs> 74. 74. Good for okay. the critics. Right. Good right, for right. the critics. Uh, yeah. That's well, it's good. nice okay. to know they got Star Wars right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, anyway. That was fun. Yeah. Was I like fun. that. What we, do I, I win? Mean, Give me I, that shirt I gave you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great shirt. All right. Um, okay, so now we're moving on to we're we're kind of trying to wrap out the decade. It is 2020 now, but is it is our first one at the end of the year? So best of the decade. Well, and and listeners, please call us at 805 movie six and tell us your favorites of the decade. Right, it can be one, it can be multiples. Call us and let us know what you liked and if you think our picks were stupid after we give them to you now. <laughs> I wrote down so many movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, here let me do it this way, and yeah, maybe we can bounce off of my out. list here. So yeah. I once again just to get some kind of order, I clumped them by genre, and I would like to nice. say real quickly, yeah, I start thinking overall, you know, in decades, and and what are what do we have at this point? To me, in this past, you know, this 2010s, what it represents more than anything, and it was kind of the era of Marvel, right? Like 2008 was Iron Man. Right. This was the whole phase one, two, three of Marvel, and they kind of dominated. Um, I think it's the era of obviously reboots, remakes, things like that. But it's the version of having... Um, it's the era of having multiple versions of everything. Yeah. So I don't think we're ever like when we were growing up, even if there had been reboots and remakes and you could argue which Batman's the best or whatever, there was always a definitive version of things. Uh, we talked about Star Trek earlier. There's three Spocks now, right? There was <laughs> yes. one Spock for 40 years and now there are three and two that are in theory, both Spock right now at the same time right. in, in different series and things. So, I just think that's where we are now, and um, you know, for better or worse, I don't, I don't know if they're it's going to switch and go back or not. We just have to accept it. Yeah, yeah. the canon doesn't even really matter anymore. Like people always say, well, is that canon or is that something else? It doesn't really matter. They're they're all out there, and we're pushing full steam ahead for all of them, whether it's good or bad. Right. So that said, I'm going to jump right into drama. Okay. We opened with our clip for Whiplash. Yeah. Um, Whiplash uh, undoubtedly will go on my sort of list of all time movies from this decade. Yeah. I uh, absolutely as well. loved The Disaster Artist, kind okay. of for the same reason as Dolomite is my name. I just, those things appeal to me and this idea sure. of trying to make something and it being more about the attempt than anything. We talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in 1917. I'm throwing them both in there. Uh, going back a little further, I don't know if you remember a movie called Prisoners. Oh, yeah. Um, that yeah. was a huge. I actually forgot about Prisoners for me. because, of course, what's that director's name? Uh, we did the uh, arrival also, yeah, um, which is also on my excellent. Uh, yeah, exactly. Those are those so are. So I should know his movies. fucking name. I'm just playing. yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, those were there. Uh, Inside Lewin Davis uh, was my favorite of the uh, Coen brothers for this kind of decade. Um. I was a big fan of that movie. Uh. Do you remember Anomalisa? Oh, 
um, as far as kind of the animation goes. I mean, it was really, I guess, puppetry, but um, really, really great film. Um, those were my my dramas that I kind of picked through the decade. That is Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. He's uh, he's coming right. up with, uh, right. with Dune soon. Yeah, can't okay. wait. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, and also um, uh, I, I'm. I'm not technically putting this one on here. I just want to mention it yeah. once again because of what it tried to do and attempted. But Boyhood, I think me. I have Boyhood kind of on my list for yeah. the decade. Yep. So those are my dramas. Those are my serious, mm-hmm. you know, flicks for the for the decade of the last ten years that I think deserve to be on there. You can throw more in, say those shouldn't be there. I don't know how you feel about those picks, but no, I think I mean I likely, likely in all likely likeliness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I just Easy. had a stroke. Well said. Um, <laughs> I uh, I really, of course, am agree going to agree with almost everything that you've said, but um, you didn't say Social Network, right? I didn't, and I knew this was going to come up because yeah. you mentioned that one immediately. I, it's a, it's in my probably so, top five of the decade. So here's what's interesting about Social Network. Uh, again, I'm just I, a huge David Fincher. Well, pretty perfect. The movie. shirt. There's nothing wrong with it, you know. Obviously, yeah. But um, Social Network to me is interesting because it. I think that movie becomes more and more relevant, not because of the film itself, but because of what Facebook has meant and become in <laughs> society yeah. for better or worse, and a lot right. of ways worse. But I don't think that's reflective of the movie at all. The movie could you could you could interject any kind of business that was just starting in technology into that. And then the yeah. story still, so I'm not knocking the movie. I'm just saying the reasons that movies become more relevant to me have less to do with the movie than what has happened since with that. Right. I think social network was great. I think it should have won best picture, but if I'm, you know, you talk about what you're going to revisit or what you're going to own, if you don't right. revisit it very much, it's not on that list those five that I just rattled off or whatever are all a notch above mm-hmm. and social network to me is the next notch down. It's not anything, but for yeah. all time, time list where i'm just taking a handful from each decade it doesn't quite make the cut for me sure so that's sure that's my thing I don't know. well no that's great so those are some dramas um i like how you're categorizing them so go ahead the and only way i know how category. to do it yeah so uh, there's a lot less for animation um not because i didn't like animated stuff this this decade but there was mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that i thought was this decade that was actually like 2005 that was my big <laughs> problem man i yeah. started making this list and i was like oh eight oh eight yeah seven oh six like up and wally yeah. 2009 yeah. 2008 so many of those i was about to write iron man and i was like oh that was oh eight well look okay. we had toy story four this time but when i started the list i wrote two story story three down and that was whoa. 2010 so <laughs> you know it, it, it we missed barely here <laughs> yeah. but so the ones yeah. that i that i just to me have to be on there and there's only two uh spider-verse which is to me just one of those animated films that's going to be with it's all a, the great animated yeah, films outstanding and then inside out that was the one of this decade for me for mm-hmm. from pixar and that group yeah uh that deserves to be on there so i don't i don't know if there are other ones that that jump out to you but right. those are those are the two for me that need to be in the decade. Very interesting. So. Um, yeah, I'm looking. I mean, I, I wrote Coco. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think Coco was good. Coco is one of my favorite, uh, favorite Pixar movies. Uh, I, I'm just looking. I don't think I wrote any other animated movies. Uh, yeah. Okay. Go on. Uh, so sci-fi jumping into sci-fi. Yeah. Um, it's funny, man, because I don't, I don't know. Somebody the other day was like, "Is it was there a relevant sci-fi movie this decade the same as like something like Aliens, you know? Oh, right, right, like right. Blade Runner or whatever. And I don't know that there was, but there were a shitload of really strong sci-fi films. I her and Arrival to mm-hmm. me yep. are those were those popped into my head immediately, right? So I immediately thought, okay, these two. But then I started thinking, you know, Mad Max Fury Road checks the box of maybe the best action film of the decade, right? But also arguably the sci-fi film of the decade. Right. That one's going in there. Uh, Inception still seems 
incredible to me. Yeah. Um, so that one's there. And then I love the little engine that could attack the block. I think you're a fan of that one too. Yeah, of course. It's I know been that's a while, kind of the yes. small indie one and it's yeah. much simpler, but I love that movie. And then the last one, I, I don't know if this really qualifies as sci-fi or if it's fantasy or rom-com or what, but um, this is kind of in the vein of love actually and how you know I'm a total sap. I love About Time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I absolutely. That's I only be, saw it the once. That, see, that's in my all time. I'll, I'll own that movie and have it and ready to watch it whenever. So oh, that's cute. a big one for me too. Uh, sci-fi, I don't know. I wrote uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, that's um, one I didn't think. About. I wrote. Uh, I mean, are the Planet of the Apes movies? Uh, yes, uh, yes. Sci-fi. Wait, wait, I skipped that. Yes, a- Rise of the Planet of the Apes Ra- to me. Rise and War, on. and more specifically, War. War was the most recent one, right? Right. Um, I thought War was outstanding, and War was one. I think it was last year or the year before where I was like, this one could and should probably be up for Best Picture with how. Yeah quality the drama and the storytelling and the performances and even just the animation of well them the whole uh, series outstanding the whole series but honestly if you want like this is how to do a reboot like if (laughs) the reason i lean to rise is rise is the one that kicked it all off and i just thought that was such a genius way to return to this and but start before it like a prequel but also potentially play into it or have a different version of it and all of that worked in rise and set the stage for everything else so that's why rise of the planet of the apes is here it did i I just think it changed tone a bit into uh uh into wait was it uh, rise is the one with uh with franco franco yeah uh and then dawn and then uh and then war War. dawn and war to me were just fucking amazing uh fair enough that's fair sci-fi anything else uh that's it for me um i mean blade runner 2049 was amazing and i i put it way up there in terms of movies of all time um i i thought that was a incredible movie i thought it looked unbelievable but the the original blade runner is one of like the top five sci-fi ever movies for me so it was kind of hard but that's just me and 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 to me i mean i agree obviously blade runner original is very important but uh i enjoyed 2049 much more right right um, talked about this. yeah uh i think that's the that's the uh sci-fi list uh moving on well we've uh we touched on this earlier but i think i was just making this list made me aware of how uh, interested in documentaries of this decade i was right right uh, we already talked about apollo 11 which is incredible we already talked about they shall not grow old both of those movies do things that are impressive whether you like the subject matter or not but I was interested in both of those subjects also. I thought those were incredible documentaries. The other ones that I'd throw into the documentary category, Free Solo may be my favorite documentary of all time. I think the only two documentaries I wrote down were Free Solo and Apollo 11. Okay. So we, we link the, up on some the of decade. these. Uh, Yadorowski's Dune. Yeah. That's uh, a very interesting one. Just yeah. as somebody who likes you know, movies yeah. and making movies, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, this is going kind of a different direction and kind of into the Netflix streaming stuff. But um, Hot Girls Wanted was a very uh, effective that. and jarring documentary to me and, right. and worth mentioning. Uh, b- both of the fire festival docs, man, I, these are, <laughs> these are not nearly as impressive in terms of like what you're making and kind of how you're making them, but I, they feel important to me. I need to go back to them. You know what I mean? To really know right. how I feel about them. And then the only other one I wrote down was 20 feet from stardom, which I think is a really, really great oh, documentary as either. well. Um, and worth visiting, but I, I would have never had more than maybe one doc. I'm going to throw out a mockumentary. Can I count? Oh, yes. Uh, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> That's on my comedy list. That's okay. on my comedy okay. of the decade. I know. I was just being, so, being funny. No, you're bridging um, it. You're okay. Bridging it. That's good. Okay. So moving on. 
Well, let's jump right into comedy. Comedy, here we go. What we do in the shadows was actually on my list. (laughs) Okay, great. For this decade, um, and these are mostly, this is how I judge comedy, what made me laugh the most. I'm not saying the filmmaking doesn't come into play. Sure, yeah, yeah. But for comedy, I go to laugh, and that, not just funny people on screen, that's the whole movie. Uh, The movie Spy (laughs) is an all-time comedy for me. I laugh every single time I watch it so much. Um, MacGruber is an all-time comedy sure, for me. Sure. I will fight you. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what it is about that movie. I can't stop laughing when I'm watching no, it. No, no. I mean, it, uh, it, it's fucking great. Yeah, 21 yeah. Jump Street and then yeah. Bridesmaids yeah. are the other ones that I mentioned. I know you didn't love Bridesmaids. As much, eh, but, yeah. but those are the five kind I'm of comedies I'd throw I, At this point, I'm not a big Paul Feig fan. Like, I think I gave him a shot, and I just think uh, I think he's – overrated or something fair enough but he dresses well um <laughs> that's important so con- let me just uh scan my list um for comedies uh i mean th- this is uh a musical but la la land i loved so much uh just because i have a feeling you're not gonna have a musical category i do um, and la la land you is the fucker. one under not kidding you mother no okay <laughs> um and uh comedy 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 yeah, baby drivers action but i loved yeah, it yeah. um yeah there's not really many comedies well uh, so, oh cabin in the woods that's a horror uh, comedy that's a good one to mention. i i, 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 I loved that and i think that one stands out as something new uh the lego movie oh i forgot about that that's an animated that would yeah be i could have thrown that into the and animated. the lego movie definitely deserves uh yeah recognition batman lego um, movie i liked even more <laughs> yeah i actually agree i meant to write both but they yeah they both fair enough uh, i think that's it for those Okay. Um. So you you threw out musical. This is a short list, just like the animated. But La La Land definitely. I mean, yeah. that's one of the ones love I it. Like. love. But it. I also really really loved. Um. And this is uh you know one that probably less people know about. Not tr- a traditional musical, but uh, Begin Again with Keira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo. Oh yeah, that movie. Yeah, I loved it. I love that movie. Yes, it's, it's yes, one yes, of those yes. ones I tell people you probably hadn't seen it's, this. But it's check been it out. A, I saw it once. When I just out. watched that. I showed my girlfriend that the other night, and she was happier with me than one of a movie I'd chosen for us to watch <laughs> in a long time, <laughs> like ever. So that was a huge, huge uh, yeah, for I loved me. It. So I'll throw loved those it. in there. But you also, you also mentioned action. I, I already said Fury Road could be right there. Right. But for this decade, um, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Yep, I which have that. kind of was a soft reboot of Mission Impossible. I mean. I know it was a continuation, but it sort of reinvented it a little bit in the direction that I've enjoyed the Mission Impossible movies sure. more than the older ones. Uh, John Wick, that's yep. an easy choice for oh, me. Oh, man, I forgot about John Wick. Um, yeah, that's this, great. This one's a little drama mixed with action. I don't know if it's stri- strictly action, but I think Sicario is a great movie. I have that on this. Um, Kingsman, the original Kingsman. Fuck, I, I preferred Kingsman. to any Bond It's hard, man. No matter, no matter how much research you do yeah, or you there's look so back, many you just can't get them all. Yeah. And then the only other one I threw in there, I don't even know for sure if this would be on my list. It felt like we should mention it. Uh, the Raid, Redemption. Um, if yeah. you're a fan I never of like, saw the second one. Did you? I they did. say it's amazing. Everyone but. says it's incredible, and I think the first one's so much better. Okay. So, well, the raid's great. Maybe the you'll feel different. Great, yeah. But yeah, if you want the movie that's you know got the uh, martial arts action, right. that's the one of the decade, right? So it feels like that one should be should be brought up. That's so. awesome. Um, let's see. Do I have anything? Oh, horror, which is horror is yeah, probably. I mean, each I of mentioned least... Cabin in the Woods, right? Which, but like, it follows is a, a great yep. horror Boom. movie of the we, year. See, we or just of the decade. Yeah. Um, what else? Did a you Quiet Place, horror? which yeah. I feel yeah, yeah. feel like we'll agree. So I know we both like a, a Quiet Place is more for almost kind of what it does, and I just I've never yeah. been in a, a theater afraid to eat popcorn to disturb everybody like that, especially in this era <laughs> where everyone sure. pulls out their phones. <laughs> uh, it follows is the other one. There's only those two, and it follows is really 
the first movie that creeped me out and I was thinking I couldn't stop thinking about after the movie probably in the last decade that's probably the only one that did that I mean I don't watch a ton of horror for that reason I'm not that interested if people tell me it's a great movie then I'll try to check it out um because I just like great movies but um sorry my dog's leaning is she bugging bugging you no she's so cute she's trying to get that <laughs> girl but that's it for horror for me I don't know if you'd throw anything else in there uh probably not for horror no I'm just um, throwing in one sports movie it's Creed um yeah you, Creed was amazing anyone who's listened if there is anyone out there listening uh you know I'm a huge Rocky fan uh I thought Creed was another example just like this is Planet of the Apes. Yep. great reboot. this is that's how, how you, you do it yeah that's how you do it for a yep. soft reboot um and, comic uh, book movies there were so many comic book movies <laughs> I'm not a huge fan um, but yeah, I did want to mention these are all going to kind of be alternative choices. I do think you have to put Avengers Endgame on the list as a representation yeah, that's fair. of that series. But uh, more personally, uh, do you remember Kickass? Oh yeah, Kickass is an all time. I don't think I'd put me. it on this list, but uh, yeah, well, got, it's almost because I think it was the first one I saw that was kind of self aware of it. What Deadpool does now and what so many of these movies right. do, it kind of that was the first one I saw do that, that, and I was like, this is great. And I Kickass is an all timer for me. The other one is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh, which yeah. is a wait what year was that that was 2011 maybe 2010 really i'm pretty sure pretty sure look it up though check my check my math in case i'm wrong if it's 2010 it's right back off the list um and that kind of rounds out the list so 10 uh doesn't quite make it so Missed so it wait a, a second so um oh no it does make it yeah so 10 is fine yeah 10 through I, 19 i honestly if you would ask me whether Scott Pilgrim was this decade, I would have guessed like 2004. That's how often. Wow. I was like not yeah. even close. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. So that one makes it. It's still Scott on the Pilgrim, list. And that sure. rounds out my list. So look, anything else you want to yeah, throw in there for I the all-time decade? I have a few decade? here that uh, you didn't mention, um, like uh, uh, Moneyball and Argo um, and okay. Carol. I thought about Argo. Um, I love the book smart from this year was, was one of my top was good. this year. Was good. And I think it's a, a fucking masterpiece of a, of a, of a, that kind of movie. Right. Um, I loved Birdman. Um, I love okay. drive. Uh, I really enjoyed drive too. These um, are all one the, under that the one year, under. the year that room came out a few years ago. That was my favorite movie that year. So that one for me definitely is up there. Um, the revenant, um, what else do I care a lot about? Moonlight. That um, Moonlight is probably the only one that you've thrown out here that I would think, okay, maybe that should have been on my list. Hell or High Water. Uh, liked it. Uh, I loved Lady Bird uh, last year or the year before when yeah, it was. It. Phantom Thread was one of my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movies of right, all time. Right. Like rewatching some of his other ones, uh, I still like Phantom Thread more. Like okay. rewatching Magnolia or rewatching. Um, uh, what else did I rewatch recently? Um, did I think I watched there? There will be blood. I still like more, but okay. anyways, um, I loved End of Watch. I loved Eighth Grade. Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham's movie from last year. We were right. just talking about him. Right. Um, I loved the Florida Project from last year. The year before last year, one of my favorites, if not my favorite, was if Beale Street could talk. Yeah, I, I thought that was a masterpiece. Um. Logan, uh, I thought was uh, you know in the superhero genre. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, um, that's one to mention. Really liked Patterson with uh, with Adam Driver from a couple of years. I haven't ago. seen that. I have Skyfall on here just because we didn't get another amazing Bond movie this decade. Yeah, 
it's the only yeah. one that's close. Skyfall's worthy. Um, it just Casino Royale to me is easily the Craig yeah. best Craig one, I, and I, I know people say it's Skyfall of all the new ones. That's the yeah, other one for this you decade. Know? Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. A lot of these I was just kind of jotting down, but yeah, I don't know. Is that's... Craig the first Bond to span three different decades? Oh, that's interesting. He started in two thousand six, but then he did the whole. 2010s and now he, because it's got pushed back. Connery wouldn't be yeah, 80s. They, they used to rattle them off every two years. Right. Even Roger Moore was only Bond for 12 years. So I think he's Bond for the longest number of years. Roger Moore was? Yeah. So Roger Moore from 73, they made Live and Let Die, and 85 was A View to a Kill. And that was oh, his seventh. Okay. So like he had a 12 year gotcha. run. But it's only two decades, yeah, yeah, and still less time than Craig. Craig's just—they just don't make them as quickly. You know, it was a factory back then, right? Like, it was like every year, Con- yeah. Connery every made every year for four months, years, yeah. and then they started doing every other year all the way up until the end of Dalton. They never didn't make a Bond movie every other year, right? And that was the longest stretch. And then when now we got it goes into, like fucking five years, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I mean, even with Pierce, you well, know, they year had six Spectre? years off. Sixteen, yeah, they've been three years apart. So what they did was Craig did two years after casino was quantum of solace but then they had the writer strike and then they didn't know if he was coming back and then they had 2012 2015 dude specter was november 2015 right so we're at four and a half years yep <laughs> before this new one right which is the same amount of time 2008 was quantum and we had a four-year stretch for skyfall damn for 2012 that's crazy so yeah they take longer now they need to do some um, shit so anyway <laughs> there you go um and speaking of which, this is kind of funny. After this, we'll get a new Bond. Looking forward, you know, as far as we're looking forward now, that yeah. we've rattled off some decade favorites. Um, we'll get a new Bond soon enough. I mean, we've got to see this last one first. Yeah. But this will be the seventh 007. I don't know if they'll make a big marketing thing out of that. Right. But um, do you realize, and this is kind of interesting, every Bond actor has been in a different number of Bond movies. Isn't that weird? Right. So, I mean, I realized that Connery made the unofficial remake of thunderball right so if you count that it's seven but technically he made six bond movies roger moore made seven right craig will have now made five mm-hmm. pierce made four no one's made three yeah but timothy dalton made two and lazenby made one so if our next bond actor makes three <laughs> it's perfect it's just a weird <laughs> thing like that that's how that's worked out it's yeah. a bizarre weird thing but i realized that when i was looking through what i would love to do is give some honorable mentions for this year. Can I do that real yeah, quick? Please do. Um, I don't Half know how many podcast. of these you've <laughs> I don't know how many of these you've seen, but some ones that are not getting much Oscar love right now. And I'm not necessarily saying they really, really should have, but yeah, you know. Um ones that were maybe earlier in the year that I loved, the Mustang. Uh see it. The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Heard it was great. Wild Rose. Didn't see it. Uh, the farewell, uh, peanut butter falcon. I loved, loved it. Fucking um, love peanut butter falcon. Monos, I thought was the same way that I feel about uncut gems uh-huh. as it being a true masterpiece and it being completely overlooked because it's maybe some unknown directors and it's a smaller movie and so on and so forth is the same thing that happened with Monos, but also Monos, no one saw it cause there's no one famous in it. Right. Unlike uncut, which at least has Sandler. Right. But, uh, Monos was uh, an amazing movie. 
Um, Pain and Glory, which has gotten some love. I mean, at least Banderas is up for that, but that's an amazing movie. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Before. Um, I loved The Lighthouse. It's weird. I get that it's not up for much, but uh, yeah. check it out. Yeah. Um, I we both talked a lot. We about both love Motherless, Motherless Brooklyn, Brooklyn. I think and it's that just one, not getting much love yeah. right now. But whatever. That deserves a um, praise to me. And uh, I think that's it. That that's really it from the list that isn't getting kind of much love right now. But those um, are just a few from earlier in the year. This is not anything that I think should have Oscar contention. But um, I think we talked about this one a while back, a couple of podcasts ago. I really enjoy just in terms of this year, The Dead Don't Die. Um, sure, I really enjoyed. No, that movie, I kind of forgot ride. about that. Really, really that, dug it. Mm, yeah. No, I don't think I would have put it on my yeah. top twenty, but it, it, but it's yes, I get it, what you're it would saying. be in my I get list what you're for this year, yeah. not yeah. for like all timers, but right. for this year. So I enjoyed that one too. Just wanted to throw that on there. This is going back a ways. It's not the most incredible movie ever, but I really liked Yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, sure, it came yeah. out. You know, it's hard to remember the ones that came back that long ago. Yep. by the end of the year because they pushed so many at the end. Yep. But I think both of those movies, uh, you know, deserve some praise as well. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, and it was a good man. Honestly, it was a good year for movies, considering that it really was that yeah. ultimately I was not, you know, not devastated the way the like the prequels made me feel but the fact that i was disappointed with star wars and <laughs> right. i didn't get the bond movie we thought we were going to get this year and all that right. kind of stuff and i don't really care about avengers even though i thought that was really good like thinking about it that way i still came away with two movies that i think are movies i'll rem- i'll think about in 10 years and you know in once upon a time in hollywood is like kind of an all-timer for me yep i think it was a good year for flicks and it I'm was looking forward to this next year oh, we kind of mentioned so. it earlier but the fact that we're so happy about most of the Oscar nominations and that it's kind of pretty evenly distributed amongst genres and people and, you know, maybe not as diverse as it should be, but it, it, right. it, it just in terms of style of movie, um, I think, uh, I think it's great. It's However, yeah. I will say neither of us had, even though there were five of them, yeah. neither of us had a Star Wars movie on our list for this decade. Oh yeah. Cause neither of us picked any of them <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for one thing. And then, um, Oh, and neither of us picked any Lord of the Rings movies, but well, Lord of the Rings series. Well, that's just a typo, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Lord of the Rings Amazon series did announce its cast um, the other day. All unknowns, right? Maybe one person you've heard of before. Cool, so even less reason to watch it. But, but they did not, uh, not or announce uh, Tilda Swinton. And I want to ask you a question. How is it possible that Tilda Swinton, the way she looks and with her acting pedigree, has never played an elf? In a Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> How is that possible? Because Liv Tyler. Ah, okay. Tyler. I guess that's true. I don't want to close my eyes. Yeah. Don't want to miss a thing. We really don't have time to dive into Lord of the Rings fully this episode. We really don't. So we'll but we should give some hidden for gems. Next episode. Did you write one down? I did. Yeah, of course. I've actually already mentioned mine, so I'll just throw mine out oh, real quick and then you can. Uh, my hidden gem for the week is Begin Again, because quite literally, great, man. I told, yep. you know, we, I watched it with someone who had not seen it and it, it satisfied them the same way I, I was uh, hoping it I would. I forgot about it. I totally forgot about it. And it's so another that's... film that makes you feel good, man. You yes. watch it. There's obviously drama in it, but you know, you'll, you'll just feel good when you're done. And that's important. That's sometimes. great, man. So. Um, I wrote down this one. We've talked about this before, but Seconds from 1966. Um, That does not make you feel good. (laughs) No, not at all. But I just, it stays with me like almost no other movie Uh that I watched in, in film school. Um, we, I think we, we must've watched it in the horror class because it's not an outright horror, but it it is that kind of uh, weird thing. Um, and I, I didn't realize what else John Frankenheimer had directed, but he fucking directed Ronin, which I love and reindeer games, which you seem to love. 
off. So listen, I'm so happy. Those were like that his even last two I movies forgot, in life. <laughs> I did know that Reindeer Games was. I'm so happy that even though I forgot to mention it on our first of 2020, first of the 20s, first podcast, yeah, uh, that you brought up Reindeer Games, um, <laughs> the all-time classic. I brought it up. <laughs> oh man, that makes me so happy. Well, I highly recommend. not a better Frankenheimer. Is there a better Frankenheimer movie than Reindeer Games? I don't think so. Um, but you probably seconds, and uh, it was an early movie in his career, 1966. It's uh, Rock Hudson plays, you know, a stud. But essentially, it's just a super weird kind of uh, future-looking movie. It not, it's looking to a time that didn't exist yet, and it looks right. to technologies and concepts and social norms that didn't exist at the time having to do with beauty and plastic right. surgery and things like this that didn't exist really at the time uh but do now and so it's it, it's just a very interesting movie do, do you ever think about what, what's the um the one with uh goldie hahn um and meryl streep overboard no i don't know no and meryl <laughs> streep where they're they're they got everlasting life it's bruce willis playing the nerd oh sure uh, um i actually have not seen the whole thing i saw part really of it, like, yeah I, it was one that i was like oh i can't believe i've never seen this it's like a distant um, cousin of seconds i, I can't like remember. the comedy version yep um, this is uh this is your boy that directed this right this is, is a yeah, yeah. Uh, this is zemeckis I always want to say Dead and Loving It, which is a Leslie Nielsen <laughs> Dracula movie. We've we've talked about it on air before, but um but let's look yeah, back we'll at it his up. uh it's ninety two uh, or something like that. Uh, uh, death Death Becomes Her. Death Becomes Her. So, was it ninety two? Uh it Damn is I'm you good. got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, but good. yeah, it was his it was his uh first movie. Oh no, no, that as a producer. Wait, wait, go back. I was gonna say used cars was before that. Wait right. before that. Right. Um oh nice. It was his first movie. Yeah, no, obviously yeah. he made a bunch. He'd made back to the future. Um but he's not credited as a producer before that uh on a movie. So uh that's cool. Yeah, Death Become Her becomes her. Uh I caught like half or three quarters of it not that long ago because we talked about it uh not that long ago having to do with how the tra or excuse me, the poster looks just like the poster from right. um <laughs> from the one with uh with Cher and uh Yeah, the three witches the movie three witches Nicholson. It's like an almost the witch, witches of Eastwick. Thank you. That's what yeah. that one's called. Um anyways that, so those are some gems. Well, check what out, else? yeah, Death Becomes Her and Seconds, uh, as well as Begin Again. I literally uh, got nothing else. I'm sure this was I mean, six hours long. That, listen, call um, in. It has gotten dark and got light again yeah. already since we've recorded this. Um, <laughs> Madison is holding a duck in her mouth. She's ready for us to pet and play with her. So and we're going to say we'll see you for the Oscars. Asleep. Yeah, we'll see you for the Oscars. <laughs> well, that's good news. That's how you know you're doing it right when you're recording. Uh, we'll get back to, uh, back to you guys with uh, Amazon Lord of the Rings news next time. God, I hope not. God bless everybody.